everyone, Dave and Jeff doing our Sunday podcast tonight, and it's always great when we have a guest inside the oh, garage. Man. But it's, it's this is one of those, Jeff, we've said for a while, there's an art to doing radio, and mm-hmm. there's an art to making it happen. One of our favorite guys, though, tonight, we're going to ask him a bunch of questions at it because we really respect him and the way he does it. Well, what's funny, too, is uh, I probably know a lot of his answers because you I think taught him that, everything. No, no, no. I, I think the guys who are really good at it don't always think about it. They just have the natural ability. I don't think Nolan Ryan threw about throwing a hundred mile an hour fastball. He was just able to do it. Yeah. We met Chris Merrill when we went in uh, to iHeart uh, the second time, right? Dave? Second time yeah. in 2014. So that's been four years. But I knew of Chris Merrill because I had worked on the Roger Hedgecock show. I knew Roger well. Uh, I mean, still do. I don't think he died as of tonight. So sorry to talk about him in past tense. And so when Chris came in and took over that show, I started paying attention. Chris, you came from Kansas City, I believe, right? Yeah. KCMO? No. No. Uh, KMBZ. Oh, KMBZ. Yeah. So yeah. the thing that I loved about your show right out of the start was... Very self-deprecating, because am I right that people would call into the Merrill show and say, Merrill, you suck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you immediately, you know what was brilliant about that? And, and you know this. What was brilliant about it was you had him on your side almost instantly. Yeah, I that, felt like. That was a gag that we pulled over from Kansas City, actually, uh, which started really organically there, and, and it worked really well. So we kind of wanted to plant some seeds to do that again when we got to San Diego. And the whole reason to come to San Diego was that uh, Kogo had just taken on an FM stick at the time. You know, yeah, they went 95.7, right, yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So they, they did that, and they said, well, we want this younger, fresher, irreverent, poke the bear kind of kind of person to come in here. And so that's kind of the show that I had been doing in Kansas City. And um, and it kind of it fit, and it worked out really well, uh, especially early on. Uh, and then uh, management changes happened, and... Off it goes. That's the way it goes on radio. Yeah, well, you know, they dropped the FM, and all of a sudden, here I was, a young FM-sounding guy, uh, trying to fit in on an AM that was really trying to figure out what it wanted to be at that point. So, Well, why I'm glad you're here is I like talking to people about watching other people that do their job and observing people that do it really well. My wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, is an attorney. And it's funny, I talked to her today, and I was saying... So did I. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, attorney-wise, who do you like? And she said some names of friends that we have. Jenny Cockring. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you're on the air tomorrow night, Monday night on Kogo, right? hmm This is the thing that I love thinking. How much time do you spend today? How much time do you spend yesterday just... Were, were the hamsters running the wheel in your brain thinking about Monday night when you turn the mic on? So it's I'm in a weird transition right now, and this is probably the, the least exciting part of the whole uh, story, that in this transition, um, sort of trying to uh, rebrand myself a little bit and figure out what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as part of that, they brought in a producer who's been great, and so sort of the direction of the show is shifting a little bit. But I will tell you this, that I'm not necessarily putting – pen to paper on what my uh, what the story's going to be or bits or things like that at this point, but I am in tune with all the news that's going on through the whole weekend. Can so, you ever turn it off? No. No. I tried when I didn't have a gig for a little while. I tried because I really wanted to um, I wanted to 
I wanted to get into the mind of a listener. So I was listening to some talk radio. I was listening to some other radio, and I was I was sort of monitoring myself as I was pushing buttons. And I was just thinking, okay, why did I stay at this station a little bit longer? Why did I push the button on this one? Sometimes it's just because some, you know, some shitty song comes on and you go, I'm out. You know, I <laughs> yeah. hate this. You know, if REM comes on, I can't get <laughs> to that button fast enough. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, that, that's the sort of thing. And a music station can't really, you know, music station's like, okay, well, look, REM was a big band in the 80s and yeah. early 90s. We got to play REM. And I'm like, no, you fucking don't. But <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get why you're doing it, right? So the same thing when I'm listening to uh, talk radio is I wanted to, why am I listening to this and why did I change away? And so that's really sort of what I'm going through right now. And then uh, a part of that is sort of my evolution as to what, how I want to approach things in the future. Because right now where I am, there's no, you know, there's no free FMs calling to say, mm-hmm. hey, we need that young, irreverent sound right now. Can you come do that? You know, so... You know, sort it's interesting when Jeff just asked you, can you ever turn it off? You know, when we did the show and I felt like we were never turned it off either. You're always paying attention throughout always. the day of what's coming up next or on the weekends. Your weekends were never free. If a matter of fact, that was the busiest time for Especially us for in, you guys. in sports. Yeah. yeah. So when we did have a vacation, so you say, let's say you get five days off at a time. If you didn't pay attention, you came back and you were lost and you knew less than what the, the listener knew. Yeah. yeah you, you were killed. And then. For us, we were involved in obviously local sports with the Chargers and the Padres and things like that. And if you weren't down, you know, on the field, practice field, in the locker room, you felt like an outsider as well. Like you had to be part of it, three sixty five, ready to go. Otherwise, you're going to get run over. Is there? You, you just mentioned. Is there anything worse than the listener knowing information that you don't have? That's one of my biggest fears. On. It yeah. has happened to me a couple of times. One, you know, we, we sit there and we prep a show, and you guys have done this before, so I get everything laid out. Here are the topics I want to hit. You know, this is the direction I want to go. And that can change throughout the, the program. But what I hate is when something happens, you know, during the show that sort of changes one of the stories you're already talking about, and somebody calls up just going, could you be any dumber, you idiots? <laughs> and I go, dude, I've been on the air. You know, I don't know. I don't, maybe you've been sitting there watching the news, but I've been talking about what's going yeah, on yeah. i don't have time to sit there and watch the news or to, or to read the apy or whatever else you know so ain't you got no producers <laughs> and you know what they're right to a degree they're right i should have that uh and 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 i haven't uh, so that that is embarrassing i don't like that at all dave and i had the thing that has been fun for us is we had completely we walked a different path to get where we were i came up as a board i'm fired Oh, well, yeah, yeah plenty I walked, of times. I, I walked a different path, too. But I came up, <laughs> yeah, I came up as a weekend board up. Then I came up as the main Monday through Friday drive time news Hedgecock guy. Mm-hmm. Then I was a Padre producer. Then I was a talk show producer before I eventually got on the air. So Dave didn't have to do any of that. So when I got on... I knew what I wanted out of my board up and I knew what I wanted out of my producer because yeah. it's the same thing that Roger and others wanted it's out of me. It's what you wanted to give to him, Correct. right? It's what you wanted to provide. Be invested. Take ownership in the Whose show. Whose coattails did you ride to get to? You know what, man? I lucked out completely. I wow. was a guy that was an intern and yeah. I used to answer phones. And then, as uh, you know, you're, you're, when you're into something, it's not work. So I was around the station all the time. Yeah. 
And within a few months, ESPN called and asked for somebody to cover the Padre yeah, Braves game. Does have any interns that don't have any yeah. experience that can come yeah. cover the, the there, national guess what? Uh, beat? There was nobody in the building. And they said, wow. they go, will you do it? And I said, yeah, I'll do it. And they go, that was great. You want to do it the rest of the season? And it basically went from that wow. to, hey, you want to do the Lakers? And do you want to do the Clippers? Yep. And then that was that quick that all of a sudden I was your Padre guy every day. Wow. And I was driving up to L.A. every day during basketball season, did every Laker and every Clipper game. But it was great. Did you come up, Chris? How'd you come up? Tiny stations. Uh, Tiny stations. Immediately on the air or behind the scenes guy? So I uh, I put in it. My dad came home one day. I, I, had, uh, uh, I was home from college, and I was shifting. I was changing from, um, from going to the – the giant Western Michigan University to the uh, nearly as big West Shore Community College <laughs> in my hometown of Scottville. And uh, uh, my dad comes home and he says, hey, uh, WKLA is hiring board ops. You ought to go in and try out. So mm. <clears throat> I, I, I tell people I majored in, and this was true at the time, I majored in theater. And I said, well, I'm going to take communication because I don't want to wait tables. So if I can't get yeah. something on stage... I can always fall back and do something on the air until I get the next big part, right? Yeah. Yeah. So far, Hollywood hasn't called. Oh. <laughs> so my my dad comes home, you know, and I'm living in the garage at my parents' house, uh, and I and he comes home. And he says, "WKLA is hiring interns." Now this was like, you know, this was there were three stations in my hometown. There was WKLA AM, WKLA FM, and then there was WKZC, which was the flamethrower. <laughs> 8,000 watt? 25. Whoa. It was a monster. Yeah. Uh, So I walked in there and I walked up to the front counter. Hello. (laughs) Do you have any employment applications? Fortunately, the lady at the front desk was dumb as a box of rocks. (laughs) So she goes back and tells the boss, this guy just came in who sounded great. (laughs) So... They hired me to run uh, basketball games, high school basketball games. And I never ran a game until after they had made me a morning show host. Right. Yeah, later on. So I had done some voice tracking and things like that. Have you guys worked music at all? No. No, that's why I got into it. Yeah. I wanted to be in the FM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Totally different perspective. And uh, so I did did the the morning show on an oldie station. Not a single song I played was, was younger than me. Wow. Yeah. I think the I think the latest thing in our library was probably an Elton John song from like seventy five and I was born in seventy eight. <laughs> and I was playing stuff, yeah. you know, back from the fifties. You know, some early Elvis and you know but, Chuck Berry stuff and But did you think at that point, Chris, when you're when you're spinning the hits yeah. on this little station, you go, dude, I got I got the world by the nuts. Did you did you love it immediately? Yeah. Did you feel like you had it in your blood immediately? I loved it. Well, I always loved um, uh, being the center of attention. Really? Which, yeah, I know it's a shocker. <laughs> uh, uh, and I think a lot of guys that are in radio are looking to do something that gives them validation. And I think that's what probably what drew me to being an attention whore. Uh, but then radio obviously fit that really well, is that I wanted that validation. I needed somebody to tell me all the time, you're doing a great job. You know, wow, you're really, you're really talented. Boy, I wish I could do what you're doing, you know, that kind of thing. And so there have been times, especially when I've done morning shows, that, you know, that alarm goes off. Uh. When it's music, I was getting up at four. But when it was talk, I was getting up at 1230, 1 o'clock, yeah. you know. And, uh, and there were times that I just looked at that alarm and I just wanted to throw it across the room. But you just go, you know what? There are thousands of other people out there right now that would happily jump out of bed to do what I get to do today. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's kind of the, the, you know, the 
reality check that I go through. You know, for for Jeff and I, when we started doing radio, and I always wanted to be a talk show host. Not always, but when I first got into this, I should say, I wanted to be a talk show mm-hmm. host. When we were done, it, you had that that feeling that of, of accomplishment. You know, for me, at least, a couple of different things. One is I was a real shy kid growing up, so yeah. the fact that I was able to speak publicly. It's your outlet. It was my outlet, and it was my, my, me beating my biggest fears. But then to do oh, it with yeah. a friend was... Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Where you always hear people. So how'd you end up with Jeff then? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you stay with your friend? (laughs) (laughs) So you know when when we finished it, it reminded me of people that do plays who say I can make a lot more money doing movies and TV shows, but it's that gratification of doing a play. That's exactly how I felt. It was that rush. Yeah. And every day it was that rush of going. This is a lot of fun, and every day you feel like you're getting instant gratification because they said you have callers. You have friends yeah. that will listen and call you up and say, hey, I love the part you did this at 9.15 or whatever else. I, this is my favorite part of the show. You're right. Every single day, someone will tell you did a good job. There aren't too many jobs out there where that's the way life works. No, but then you get into uh, talk radio on the news side, and it's a little more controversial. And it, it's been for the last, I'd say four years, that every day I've been told how awful I am and how bad bad things are and how terrible I am for wherever I'm living at the time. So that's been really tough. Um, sometimes it's sort of just following your gut and just believing in you know the mm-hmm. direction that you're going. When you guys got off the air, I know we've talked about that feeling you get when you go on the air. There's Which I'll bring up than, in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, but when you get off the air, did you guys, did you guys have like that decompression time? We like, never got it because I've never worked for a PD that understood Give them 15 minutes. Don't immediately go in and start micromanaging what they did at 7.13 this morning yeah. at at 9.30. Give them a fucking chance to catch their breath. Oh, God, there's more PDs that you want to kill just to not even... Give me a chance of calm the fuck down, right? There, I mean, it's such an adrenaline rush. And that's it, because I get done with the show, and if it's been a great show, yeah, I mean, that's like, Yes! And if it's not a great show, you're like, thank God that piece of shit yeah. is over with, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, my wife is very competitive. And, and so I go home and she'll say, how was your show? And I go, it's terrible. She goes, I don't ever want to hear you say that again. Yeah. I go, do you want me to be honest or do you want me to just yeah. lie to you to tell you what you want to hear? Yeah. You know? She's, you never say it was a good show. I actually had a good show this week. And I, <laughs> I came home, she goes, how was your show? And I go, I had a really great show. She looked at me like... Like, I just turned into an octopus right in front of her. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you did? <laughs> what? Why are you so astonished by that? Yeah. Because you yell at me if, if I say I had a bad show, you know, but if I have a good show, then she's like, well, I can't believe that. No, I want to be fair. I want to be honest. If I feel like I had a good show, I had a good show. Does uh, does anger make you better? Does being neurotic no. make you better? Does depression or any of those kind of things where you're fighting it? Not to, not, you know, to a certain extent, Chris... When you when you're fighting the sad clown, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it doesn't. Um, what I found is that the depression brings out the sad clown, and in the past, I don't know if it made me better, but it made me different. In what sense? Well, in that, I felt like uh, I feel terrible right now, and when I feel good is when I'm giving somebody something that's giving me validation, mm-hmm. right? So I would always really. You know, that's when I really worked hard on doing stuff that I thought was really entertaining and 
hell, I don't know if it was, or if I was just overcompensating and it was like, you know, you're doing too much. I This is the criticism I'm getting from PDs now is that, you know, uh, hey, man, you're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. You're a funny guy. Don't try to be funny. Just be fun. Don't try to be funny. So I think in the past I probably really tried to, o- tried to overcompensate when I was mm-hmm. feeling down. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm sort of trying to figure out how to let that out on the air without being the depressing guy on the air. You know, mm. you know be real, yeah. but don't be... Oh, yeah. Well, he's real, but God damn, do I want to <laughs> shoot myself when I'm doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's going through some shit right now, but I don't think I need to, you know? So yeah. that's that's where I'm trying to find that, you know, that happy medium. Well, it's funny when Jeff just said angry. He just d- dropped it real quick yeah. because I, I've had days like that where you realize you almost have to catch yourself. And I can't imagine doing it solo and just being angry where you're, you're able to kind of sit back and go, this isn't good for the show. I better get my emotions in check. Yeah. So. My thing with anger is that when I'm on the air, it's like I just go into like on the air mode. But there's times when I'm on the air and something will happen that just pisses me off. Or sometimes I've worked myself up talking about something. And I found that there's there's two ways you can deal with that if you're angry. One, you either get your shit together and, you know, talk about whatever it is, yep. you know, whatever. Or if it's something behind the scenes, you just sort of deal with it and you come back to that later. Or... You go over the top, you mm-hmm. know, so you go one of two directions, but you can't just be like, oh, I'm angry and yeah. I'm, now my show's just going to be, I'm going to get through this and here's the shit I put together for today's show. Here you go. There you go. Away. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of I get off at yeah. nine. Anyone who wants to fight in the parking <laughs> yeah. lot, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's either like, hey, put that away, you know, or uh, as a, a good friend of mine who's a higher up in, in uh, the talk radio industry says, he goes, it's showtime, baby. It's yeah. showtime. Or I've had this happen where I just go the other way and it becomes entertaining as a mm. bit. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I've done that before where, you know, I had a computer that wasn't working. And it's like this ongoing joke that, in fact, I used it this last week. I was talking with one of the uh, the state senators from California. And for whatever reason, the computer wasn't recording the board. And oh, it worked the day before. It didn't work. So he calls. And he's like, oh, this is Senator. I'm here for the uh, the program. And I go, I go, I'm so embarrassed right now. I can't get this to record. Yeah. So I've had things like that happen. And when I've been live on the air and something like that has gone on, the running joke is one of these days we're gonna look, we're gonna work for the largest media company in the world. And when we do, <laughs> we're gonna have shit that works. Yeah. Because we're constantly told the in there that this is the largest media company in the world. Yeah. We have more people that engage with us than Google does. And you go, okay. I like that you dressed all those stats up, but no, you don't. <laughs> no, no, we have more. We have more interaction than Facebook. No, you don't. No, no. Well, if you count all the traffic that drives by one of our billboards, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know. that's it. Yeah, uh, I have two things, and and I'll ask both you guys. When like I, I love talking to athletes about adrenaline. I've talked to fighters. One of my favorite things talking to fighters is about what's going through their mind on the walk to the ring. And when they go through the ropes and they realize it's just them and the other guy. And I, I love that. I'm an adrenaline guy. I like, to, I like to know that. And so when I think about it from a radio standpoint, for people that have never had the opportunity to do this but have always thought, oh, I could do that, whatever, Chris, you just alluded to it. Our friend Darren Smith and I had a conversation one night like this over beers. And we were talking about radio. And Darren summed it up beautifully. He said to me, he goes, you know what you love, man? He goes, you know what you love? He said, you love that vibe right before you, when your thumb's sitting there 
and the music starts playing, and we all go <clears throat> right over the mic button. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> but we're ready, and you <clears throat> don't know what's coming next. All right, here we go. Yeah, he said you love that, and he's right. And I wish anybody who goes, man, I'd like to know that. I wish you could feel that. I wish you could feel what that's like because it's exciting. And respectfully, if you're doing a podcast, it's not the same thing. You have to know when you're going live. But this is yeah. But the, you guys don't edit very much, do you? Not we at don't all. edit no. anything. I mean, no, this so will post you're tonight doing, live. Yeah, you're doing the best you can. Yeah. to to replicate that. For us, but I'm right. saying, but we've been lucky enough to feel it going on Fox Sports Radio or AFN or Sirius right. or 1360 or Kogo uh, up and down. And you've had it. KFI, yeah. you get it. Kogo. But here's I did some serious yeah. feeling. Yeah. But here's the other thing that I wish you could feel as a listener. And I don't think Dave and I have ever mentioned this, and I want to ask Why you Why is about he unbuckling this. his pants when he says that? <laughs> yes, right here. Yeah. When you believe in a bit, yeah. And I don't mean just a bit like, hey, check me out. Something you've planned. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not seeing the phones light up. Oh, but, shit. But you still <laughs> be, but you still believe in it. And there's that inner voice in your head that says not everybody calls. It doesn't mean you have to ditch it. Right. And Chris, when you're there and you're trying to drive this topic oh. and you are like, fuck, how far do I go down this before I? it's either shit? But if I yank it. And somebody in the car is like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? That was great. Why'd you stop? Yeah. Why'd you quit? Yeah. F- trying to find that balance that I just speak for me. I still don't know how to manage it. It's the fear. It's the challenge of I, I love it. Does everybody else hate it or are they engrossed? I'll tell you what I hate <laughs> is I just hate relying on phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. And, you know, this is one of the benefits of coming up through the real small markets. And then I started doing uh, talk radio when I was in Lawrence, Kansas, home of the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, Great basketball team, too. You guys should watch college basketball. (laughs) Uh, When I was there, I started doing talk radio. It was August 2006. And uh, I'd been doing music radio. And and they said, uh, all right, stop talking about stuff on the music side. Do you want to do a talk show? Yes, I do. Okay, we'll let you do a talk show if you keep the break shorter on the music side. And I said, all right, you know, we'll do it, you know. So I get over there to the, to the other side, and it wasn't a station that was based on phone calls. It yeah. just wasn't. So I never really, first of all, I never had a PD that was interested in really teaching me how to set the table, so to mm-hmm. speak, and then invite, that's kind of what happened when I got uh, uh, into larger markets, set the table, invite them to dinner, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, let them know what's on the menu, invite them in. So I never really was big on the whole phone call thing. So I was at this um, uh, broadcaster's meeting, and Valerie Geller was there. Now, Valerie Mm. Geller in the industry is batshit crazy, but she's also a genius. So Mm. she's kind of like this... I think she's a crazy... You know, she's she's what you think of when you think of Mm. that that savant that's just like, this lady is nuts. My God, she's saying so much smart Mm. shit right now. What is going on? So... I asked her the question. I said, "What are you, you know, what are you doing? You're not getting phone calls." She goes, "She goes, normal people don't call radio stations." Mm-hmm. And at that point, yeah, I was like, "Why am I worried about phone calls ever?" Yeah, and I've listened to talk show hosts that rely on phone calls, and it is brutal mm-hmm. when they're not coming in. That's one of the things I'm dealing with right now is that the PD wants uh, some more listener interaction. 
and I know how to set the table and invite people in. I just don't know if I want to have them come over for dinner. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, you know what? You never really know when to leave. So why don't I just take care of this right now? Why don't I be the guy who's doing the yeah. bit and I'll be entertaining mm-hmm. and we won't even worry about you you calling. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, then again, some of the, and you guys have experienced this, some of the most magic moments oh, you've yeah. had on the air is with that one caller yes. that just gets it and just rolls with it or has that one comment that you're like, thank God you said something because all these other lunatics aren't even thinking of it. You know? Yeah, well, we would judge these guys every time we'd go to a break of, all right, next time that guy calls, he's in, that guy's out all the time. Jeff yeah. would turn to me, I'd say nine out of ten guys, fuck that guy, he's never come, coming back on again. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, what Jeff From would a producer go, history, yeah. though. But, but, I mean, the last yeah. time we were at 1360, you had your list of guys, no, oh, yeah. Nope. No, like as soon as that they would ring and it would come up on the board, he would turn right to the window and right to Ernie or Herman and say, get that guy the fuck out of here. No way. Because they're not, you're not keeping the train moving. Yeah. And it, it, that's why I want yeah. Meryl here so I could, we could talk to you about what happens. And it's the relationship between the host and the screener. Because the screener has a huge, he's the guy calling the pitches. He's the guy that's going to determine, I'm trusting you that the guy on line two, A, has his fucking radio down, B, he's ready to go, isn't going to worry about saying, hey, how you doing tonight? How you doing? Yeah. We're going to just keep it fucking moving, baby. Let's keep it moving and bring it. Hey, guys, it. how's it going? First time, long time. Yeah, we don't need to. <laughs> i ask you a question. I'll listen off the air. But what I When love, did that start in sports talk? God. Awful. Yeah. Because that, that started coming over to talk radio and be like, yeah. oh, listen to your answer off the air. And I was yeah. going, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. How the hell can we have a conversation exactly. if you hang yeah. up? You know, No, 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 no. you got a great question. If I'm going to answer your question, I want to hear your reaction to my answer. But you know? you know where I found the best, Chris? I found the best when Dave and I were doing nights on KFMB, 7 to 10. I've always said, if, if given an ideal situation to go back, you, we chat about this, the three of us, a couple of weeks ago. Because the people that call you at 9.30 at night have not practiced it all day in the car. They have not put on their suit and tie. They probably are not on Twitter. They are just somebody that has a one-on-one relationship with the guy on the radio. And and I was talking to a friend the other day. When I was at KFMB, and I know for a fact your answer on this, I got when we did the night show, I would get the crazy stalker letter. Matt Coyle just wrote a book on it. We would get the crazy stuff, and I loved it because I loved the fact that they felt a trust. Nothing was threatening. I never felt threatened, anything like that. But when they felt that connection to the voice on the radio and you are that voice, brother, that's powerful. And it's a completely different thing than the people that call in at 8.15 that think they can do your job or 12.30 or 3.30, all these dicks. Right? That just, it's their two minutes of glory. I want the guy who isn't looking for this, who's had a few beers, but has an opinion on it. He's got a little bit of an edge to him. And then what can I do with them? What yeah, can I, I do with I them? I agree with you. I love those guys. Oh, It's man. sometimes tough. It's magic. Though, when, it's tough. You know, it's a little bit different beast when you're on a news station that has Rush and Sean Hannity, sure. and you know if you've if you've been on one that has Glenn Beck or or Mark Levin, you know these guys because all they do is just pound the table with talking points, sure, and then they they sort of rally the crowd. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like imagine if you were only talking to diehard excuse making Padres fans, you know, yeah, uh, and then all of a sudden you say. Yeah, you know what? The bullpen's pretty solid here, but we're going to have to make some changes on the outfield or else this team's not ever going to see the playoffs. 
That's when you get the phone call going, screw you, I hope yeah. you die, kill your yeah. family. You know, what's the what's the nearest wall you can drive into, asshole? You know, you ever and that's kind of the listener? stuff that I get. Did you ever have a scary I got experience? One, I did get a death threat uh, a couple Where? of years ago in Phoenix. They're they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardcores in Phoenix are nuts, and there's a lot of them. It's like Texas Light. Uh, and so <laughs> you just run into some... Some really convoluted, like, cross logic that what goes set, on. What set them off, and I want to go one step further back. Did, when you did the bit that set them off, did you even have an inkling that this this may push a red button? I think with this guy it was cumulative. Okay. Um, because here's the thing. in in When you're on a station that's got those different political talking heads... The mindset is a zero sum. You're either with me or you're against me. Mm-hmm. So I can't disagree with you without you hurting me, or I have to hurt you. There's no, um, you know, there's no. If somebody if somebody wins, somebody has to lose. There's no. Hey, we can all win here. You know, compromises for the week. You know, uh, if there's a winner, then you're a loser. You know that kind of thing. So it was cumulative, and it was like you keep spewing this bullshit, and one of these days somebody's going to come by, and uh, it wouldn't take much more than a. Polar pop cup full of kerosene and a lighter to change your face forever. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, wow, who uses kerosene nowadays? <laughs> 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 Did it freak you out? Uh, it didn't. Um, to be completely honest, I wasn't all that freaked out, but I didn't hate the drama. Right? Yeah. I mean, we love the rush. It right? was kind of like, ooh, death threat. Yeah. I got a death threat. So now, then I'm posting on a Facebook. I'm like, I got a death threat. <laughs> yeah, yes. Of course, the first time somebody takes a shot at you, all of a sudden it's not so exciting or exhilarating yeah. any longer. But I, I called the boss and he goes, all right, I looked the guy up. This guy is like, you know, sister banging. You know, I live under my pickup truck kind of thing. And you looked at him and you went, wow, this guy is nuts. Like he, you just let the appearance and everything else on his Facebook, you, you just thought, that guy might actually do it. Yeah. That guy might do it. He's, Thank God he has a secure lot in Phoenix, right? Well, that's what they, they said. Well, we want you to walk out with security all this oh, week fuck. just to be sure. And like, what's he going to do? You know, listen, I've lost a little bit of weight now, but at the time I was like, I'm 6'3", 260. I don't know what this dipshit thinks he's going to do, <laughs> but he's not taking me. Yeah. You know, I've lost a few LBs since then, but I think I can still take that dumb shit. Matt Coyle. Because I don't think he's been sober in 40 no. years either. Yeah. I yeah. would have said, how about more than a week? This guy's yeah. probably a procrastinator. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucked up. He's in rehab. My friend Matt Coyle, who writes mysteries, has a book coming out in December called Wrong Light. And it's the, the story is it's about a public... Is uh, he name drop this shit on every well, episode? Well, it's paid by Coyle. Oh, I'll tell God, you why. Damn. Because it's about radio. <laughs> yeah. And it's about a nighttime. My friend house. Lisa Ann is a oh, movie star. Right. I don't know Have if you've you seen her work? with. She's got a new scene coming out I, tomorrow. I'm so pissed at her. New scene tomorrow. I'm so pissed at her. What are you mad at for her what? for? what? She's because the greatest person ever. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> for being awesome? Yeah. Because it's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to be like a cool, intelligent, Perfect. real chick. No. Perfect. I just want you to be the sex object I'm watching before I touch yeah. myself. <laughs> so but, could you just... Stop being fun and likable and just fill your mouth. <laughs> With whatever you find. Whatever you got. But I told Coyle when he wrote this book, and tell me if it happened to you. I said when we were getting the weird, when I would get the weird stalker letters, two things happened. Number one, you have no secure lot. Like no. Radio station, yeah. you're just out in the open. Yeah. 
But did you notice amongst the other people? Fortunately, that, nobody in radio has ever been killed by a crazy stalking listener. No, right? <laughs> Alan, uh, what's his name? Freed, yeah. Alan, Alan Burke. Or Burke, yeah. But wasn't there? There was a Freed that got killed too. No, right? he was the, Alan Freed's the rock and roll. Guy, oh yeah, yeah, king yeah. of rock and roll. Alan oh, yeah. Burke's the guy killed in Denver. Oh yeah. But did God. you notice? Did you notice? Was there any jealousy from the other people on the lineup going, well, wait a minute. Why is Merrill getting a death threat? Why aren't I getting a death threat? I'm Dude, as edgy as he is. I never got it over that stuff, but I did get that whole jealousy thing everywhere I went. Because this is tough when you're the new, the new person coming in. Because they're always trying to pitch you. They're trying to sell you. Yeah. They're trying to raise the energy in the building. But in doing that, back to the zero-sum thing and mm -hmm. the, 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 the deal about our low self-esteem always needing validation, whoever else is on that lineup is going, oh, he's the new hot shit? Well, what's yeah. he got that I don't have, you know? And, exactly. And I totally get that. And I actually, I actually had a, um, uh, a former coworker come to me after the fact, and he, said, he says, he goes, hey, I'm really sorry about the way I treated you when you came on board, man. I was a real asshole. I'm really sorry about that. And I go, I go, no, it's all right. He was a total dick. But I, <laughs> I'm like, no, you weren't that bad. Yeah, he was. Uh, but but he was really contrite about it. He says, he says, I was just feeling threatened, and I shouldn't have done that. You're a really great guy. You know, this kind of thing. So, And I like the guy. So, you know, it's kind of water under the bridge now. But I, it's definitely that insecurity meeting up with that need for validation, which when you're the new guy coming in, you're like, that's right, I'm going to rock this place until I don't, and then I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. out of this place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple of things, as you said before, you were when we knew you, San Diego, then it was Phoenix, now it's back to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And when people always, and, and I think politics right now have never been hotter as far as conversation places or, or breaking up friendships. Not in talk radio, hasn't. Right. Well, well not, not in talk radio, but I'm saying in, as far as even in general, people out, out of what we do, you know, but you see people on Facebook all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm unfriending you or go ahead. I, you can unfriend me if dare you believe. You. Yeah. Block me then. Yes. <laughs> I mean, all the time, yeah. right? You're, you're seeing you guys this ever have that? If you don't like it, why don't you hang up? Okay. <laughs> yes, Sam. I mean, it's one button push for me. Why don't you hang up on me then? Hang up on me. Okay. You know. so, so how different was it for you going from here to Phoenix and, and then back here? And the reason I asked that question, I was in Phoenix twice this summer. I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been going to Phoenix every every year for the last 10 years because of baseball. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It, it, is, it is different. But I'll tell you. It's redneck as shit. It, it, well, that's what I wanted to ask you about yeah. is because. I said it is the largest Santee in America. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, here yeah. you go. Politically, Jeff and I. I think we're very similar where we don't exactly pick a party. We kind of just pick the, the guys won't we bounce yeah. back and forth. And what you guys we are actually in the majority, but nobody would know that based and, on the rhetoric. Is that right? Yeah. And we watch, you know, both channels. We'll watch, you know, CNN. We'll watch Fox, watch MSNBC. We move around. We yeah. don't just have people tell us what we want to believe. But what surprised me about Arizona this year more than ever before and, and yeah. watching for the last year and a half is how people turned on John McCain. Mm. Because John McCain has always been one of my favorite guys. And then I always think he's a guy that both sides like. And then to see that all of a sudden who's uh, – a decorated war hero and his yeah. family obviously in the military and, and mm -hmm. the ties they have and now his daughter's on you know political talk basically on the view but to see that his own state turned on him were you surprised when you were doing talk radio there that way and how did you handle that uh yeah it was a little bit surprising and it was it was tough because john's come into the studio a number of times especially in 2016 when he was running for re-election after that not as many times all of a sudden it was a little tougher to get him to re return phone calls uh, but John is a genuinely good dude, uh, in in my assessment anyway, and take that for what it's worth. But 
when he came into the studio, he was always very complimentary. He was always very kind to the people around him. You didn't look at him like, oh my God, this is a this is a guy who will be a footnote in history, you know. And I don't mean that as a as a uh, a dig because sure. shit, I'd love to be a footnote in history. Yeah, right? yeah, just don't forget about me when I'm gone. Uh, but here's a guy that comes in and is just as kind to the people around him as as you can imagine. Now he's a politician, that said, and so when we get him on the air, uh, he wanted to talk about when Obama's not done what he needs to do to try to, you know, keep this from happening or whatever. And I just kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, all right, well, we'll let him get through this and then we'll go back to something, you know, that matters. Yeah. You know, but he's got to get this stuff out there. But we got people calling up all the time. Why would you have that traitor on your show? Why would you let that guy on there? You know, why won't he just die? Wow. Jeez. And I've seen the most horrendous stuff since the di- the cancer diagnosis. I've seen the most horrendous stuff uh, posted online too. Things like, why don't you just hurry up and die? Uh, why won't you retire? Uh, it's your duty. Be a, be a true American. Uh, others that are still like he he turned his back on this country, and they're they're referring in that case to the video that was cut back when he was a POW, and everybody that was in the Hanoi Hilton cut a video saying that you know the Americans have you know killed people and don't have any justification, blah, blah, blah. But you have to understand, this is after he crashed a plane, broke both of his legs and one arm, and then they took him to the Hanoi Hilton and they went ahead and broke the other arm for yeah. him and other mm-hmm. shoulders and, you know, the thumb screws and everything else that he's had happen. And I, I, I you know, I talked to him. He was, he's actually, he'll talk about that a little bit. And I talked to John and I, I said, how was the adapting to civilian life? He said, oh, you know, it was... It's tough, you know, but the military took care of him pretty well, you know, so that's that's nice. But the nice thing about John is that he would answer any question. He would take uh, phone calls. I didn't like to take phone calls because it was always like the, the batshit crazies. And there's a bunch of them out there. And they just wanted to call up and ask, why don't you hurry up and die? So I never really wanted to take phone calls. But I asked John some questions on the air. And I, you guys have heard great radio before, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got. Okay, you got Trevor Hoffman on the air, right? You're yeah. talking to Trevor Hoffman. You go, Trevor, what was the best baseball game you ever pitched, Dad? Yeah. Was that, why was that so exciting? Yeah. No. You go, you know, you ask him another question, like, okay, Trevor, first chick on the road that hit on you <laughs> and gave yeah. you a key. You know what I mean? Tell yeah. me about that experience, whatever it was. So I told John, I said, I said, I said, uh, Senator McCain, your father was an admiral in the Navy. Your grandfather's an admiral in the Navy. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, were you just a giant disappointment to both of them? <laughs> and he laughed, and it just broke it. He says, he says, yeah, I'm the black sheep of the family. That's Definitely, that's, that's me. Yeah. But, you know, he's always been very self-deprecating, too, which is, which is great. To see the people in Arizona just turn on him is disheartening, not even necessarily because I think that it's mistreatment of somebody who I have, you know, for whom I have great respect, but I think that it really shows the depravity of character from those that do something like that. And I have to be careful when I say that because I look back at times in my life when I haven't recognized that somebody else is a real person, mm-hmm. and I've probably said some things oh, that I, fuck. you know, I have, yeah. I know I've got regrets, uh, and I'll, and I go, okay, you know what, you know, you don't be such a dickhead, and then yeah. I look back at me, you know, twenty five year old me, and I go, okay. I know you were doing it for a bit on the air. Don't be yeah. such a dickhead. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so that's part of what I'm trying to go through right now, you know, in, in not being so irreverent, not going for the, the punchline, but going for some depth to it, too. It's a slippery slope because a live mic, when you go, is a dangerous mic. Oh, yeah. But if you do that show scared, 
It sucks. You have to oh, go God, for it. Yeah. So trying to figure it. Chris, do you think people understand at the end of the day what we do is still entertainment? See, I feel like there's people that, that don't always understood, didn't understand with me and Dave. We were on the Charger flagship station. It made sense for us to tell you the Chargers are the greatest thing right. because I'm in a business relationship. My employer, You're lying to me. Yeah, yeah, but they, my employer is in a business relationship with a team that pays the bills. It makes sense for me to pay my mortgage to act like I think they're the greatest thing ever when really it's entertainment. It's show business. I have to it's play a role. Business. That's why when you said you took theater, I said, God damn, that would be my advice for anybody. Yeah, improv was the best. Learn how to play a role. Yeah. Um, do you think people fully have a grasp on that? No. Or do you think they're hearing whoever, whether it's on a local level or on a national level, would they be shocked to hear, as Colbert used to do, it's a character, right? not necessarily reality. So this is why what you guys are doing, I think, has become so popular, mm-hmm. is because what's left on the AMFM bands is a lot of people who think, and I've always said this, that I'm an entertainer, not a crusader. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, when it comes to news yeah. talk radio, everybody's trying to follow that crusader mold. Yeah. And it's very 2005 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't fly. You know, it's yeah. just not what the future is going to be because what you end up doing is you end up limiting and, 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 and slowly narrowing the audience that will give you a chance. And I hate that. I really hate that. And as far as politics goes, I hate them all. But say something bad about Trump on a talk station right now and see what happens. Yeah. 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 And, and that's where the advertising up, dollars are, too. You end too. up begging previous employers if you can do the night show yeah. for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? You've been around for a long time. Why, is, why do you think people... Do you think this is... And this is my words, not yours. Do you think it's a situation where people felt like they had to play a role for eight years for Obama? They had to act like they were somebody they weren't and now that when trump comes in this is kind of the opportunity to take the straitjacket off and be real or is it something different than that i think there are uh, a number of things that contribute to that yeah um scary man it is i think in many cases what you had was consolidation came in radio where all of a sudden you had uh Clear Channel at the time, sure. buying up a bunch of stations. Cumulus starts buying up a bunch of stations. Uh, and now what we're seeing is that that didn't work, and they're selling those stations at, you know, nickels on the dollar, and now yeah. Entercom is buying those stations. Yeah. You know, CBS got got out of theirs. They're, they're, you know, so everybody's buying that stuff. So I think that's one thing is that they got into so much debt that they had to chase the dollars. So what they did is they said, let's, let's find a model that works. Oh, look, Rush is killing it. Mm-hmm. We should find people that are doing what Rush does. But what what the really brilliant PDs knew but couldn't emulate is that Rush isn't a political talk show host. Politics, at least he wasn't at the time. Now he's just become kind of a caricature of himself. But at the time, Rush was an entertainer who used politics as, mm-hmm. his, as his genre, yeah. right? In the same way that you could be a DJ yeah. on a classic rock station or on a country station. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's your vehicle to get there to entertain. Or a comedian. Totally. Yeah. Right. Are you going to be the Seinfeld type comedian, yeah. the Chris Rock? Are you going to be the the, Lewis the, Black. the Carlin? Are you going to be the Lewis Black? Right. So uh, I think what happened was we had a lot of people that said, let's just find you know washed up politicians that can come out here and talk about Republicanism. So they just started following that model, and it started working. They started making money. 
And then they started selling the Republican aspect of the station, not necessarily the radio station that appeals to a number of listeners, so on and so forth. They said, if you believe in America, you'll give us money and we'll yeah. run your ads, you know, which is why you end up with a lot of uh, uh, gun stores and um, uh, seed uh, places and uh, dried food yeah. advertisements, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of thing, because you're just you're you're catering to a very narrow paranoid audience at that point and and i think it's unfortunate because i think that there's a i think all those people should be advertising please don't get me wrong i think all of them should be advertising but why can't you go into the fabric store and talk with them yeah why can't you go into you know someplace else that is selling the flower shop you know flowers are for libtards and that just (laughs) you're like wait a minute yeah no i don't think this rose gives a shit who you voted for right no i don't think your wife cares either when you give it to her so i'd love to do an ad like that too yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Jeff's flower shop full of flowers that don't give a shit who you or your wife voted for. Yeah. Truth be known, your wife doesn't give a shit either. When you give her these flowers from Jeff's flower shop, we're good. Opening soon. Open nine to five Monday through Friday, not on the weekends because that pussy's always at a Padres game with his kids. <laughs> when, when you, go oh, ahead, go ahead, David. Okay, when you when you sit there and you, as I said, different ways of doing radio, we know making money. That big advertisers yep. are going to be behind the right side so right when you look at how it's done and we say there's an art to everything you do whether it's sports radio or it's what you're doing at night or anything for that matter for for jeff and i we like we would talk which shows we like which shows we don't like all the time but there's that low-hanging fruit we go that's just too easy come on you're gonna put the ball on the tee and it, for instance for us it's it, a guy like dan patrick yeah and, and i'm saying dan patrick because a lot of people like rich eyes and they follow it too they what it is is Hey, I'm going to do about 10% of the work today, but I'm going to sit there and throw it around and we're going to do a, a, a group talk with a Best bunch of guys of that weekend. nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 ins- it is, it's shit. It's straight shit. It's lazy as fuck. It's one of those where I have zero respect because there was no work put into the show. Anybody can sit yeah. there and throw it off of, you know, 12 different guys and what did you, what did you say this weekend? It's like you talked about comedians. It's comedians yeah. that work the room yeah. that are like, Come Why on. don't you write a joke? Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. where are you guys from? St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Just one arch. Do you only get half of a cheeseburger, too? At the <laughs> golden arch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, you're the guy working. I don't want right. to do anything. Yeah. I came here. I already worked today. Yeah. Where are you guys from? Because, like, smoking weed? <laughs> Me, too. Are they, uh, <laughs> like, people you're think. You're some crazy white motherfuckers down here smoking <laughs> some weed. Look at this Look guy. at these guys. Look at this shirt. Look at this guy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, you're just like fuck, dude. Horizontal stripes aren't for you because you're fat. <laughs> what are you doing? When you look at people, always say to us because the podcast has worked for us. Yeah, ah, uh, demise of radio. I don't want there to be a demise of the radio. God, I no. came up through the radio. I love AM radio. Yeah, actually, as much as I always wanted to be on the FM, I love AM because that's yeah. where I was. Uh, the movie Talk Radio with Bogosian is really fun because my buddy got me a poster and it says The Last Neighborhood in America. This fucking guy. Oh, my buddy. Yeah, a good friend of mine. Yeah, I don't know if you hey. know him. His name's Brad. Uh, last uh, name Pitt. No, uh, not that asshole. I mean, no, uh, but, uh, but good dude. Shut up. Listen. <laughs> don't say well, anything about Tom Cruise. I'll punch you. Here's oh, the thing Christ. that I can't figure out, Merrill. Yeah. It feels like we are trying... Does Tom Cruise still eat his Cheerios out of a high chair? He does all his own stunts, Jeff. (laughs) He does. He's a shit. (laughs) Are we intentionally trying to kill our own industry by putting guys on the air that have never been on the air, don't understand what you talked about as far as 
You and I talk, had this conversation a month ago about taking people for a ride, taking people for a journey, knowing where I wanted to bring to you. I don't need to scream it. I don't need to fake it. Are Kills we trying? Me. Are we trying to commit suicide as an industry by no longer cultivating young talent and instead just finding, like you said, the ex-jock, the ex-politician? Be true. I don't know. I really don't know because I've talked about this before. I've actually talked to some of the higher ups within the company, and uh, I do know that there are some some efforts underway to try some new things, which I'm really happy to see. They're trying to launch things through a podcast type format, and then see does that have traction? Is there an audience? Can we use this as a model going forward? But you know, I was talking to some of the guys, and I said, I said, look. You're going to have to spend some money because there's a bunch of, you know, AM stations that are, you know, these thousand waters that don't have any listeners sure. and, you know, 1360. And uh, we, so <laughs> there are a lot of places. God, I'm going to pay for that one. You'll be fine. And no, I'm going to get hit on that one hard. Oh, shit. Uh, we don't edit. Too bad. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> it. I know. it. Dick. If Dave knew how to, we would. But yeah. I met my original station that I worked at first AM yeah. daytime or 500 watts. 1360 yeah, in Akron. It was. Yeah. In Akron. Yeah. So what I what I what I see though is that there's a lot of these stations that really though they're they're what I call them closet stations, which means that they've got a box in a closet that's plugged into the internet and they just pump through whatever the yeah. satellite feed is, you know. So it's it's your ancillary, your second tier players. Yeah. And I know Sports Talk has them, uh, Talk Radio has a bunch of those too. They're not making any money, yeah. but they're out there to make sure that the competition can't get that talent, yeah. You know, and so it's a throwaway. It's a yeah. closet station. So I said, look. Here's what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to pay somebody. You're going to have to start trying to come up with a new genre altogether. It's going to be talk, but you can't. It's so frustrating to me when people say, oh, what kind of talk radio do you? And I'm like, oh, you know, I talk about news. It's oh, political. Fuck you. Yeah. you know, why does it have to be political this, yeah. political that? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Is everything. First time I told my brother-in-law, I go, so what do you do when you're on your ear? Uh, and I go, I go, I just talk about whatever's happening that day. You know, he's like. So you talk about like politics and stuff, and I go, nah, I really try to stay away from that. He goes, What else is there? Well, I'm like, Wow, yeah, shit tons more. Yeah, there's so much more. Yeah, and I think that uh, we just don't. It's easy, it's simple, and it's lazy to talk about yeah. politics. Well, I got to do a class on the Constitution today, and my God, shoot me in the head with a musket, of course, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm a patriot. Uh, but no, that stuff drives me nuts when that happens. I said to these guys, you, you're going to have to spend some money on trying to develop some new talent. Put them on these shitty stations that yeah. aren't getting any play right now. This is your training ground. This yeah. is your AAA. Yeah. You know, put them on there and then run a podcast as well. They said, well, you know, we don't have the money to do that. I go, listen, you're going to find it. I go, you're going to spend the money now and it's going to cost you money. Yeah. Or when Rush dies, it's yeah. going to cost you a whole lot more. Because let me tell you something. When Rush dies, there is no backup plan right now. Nope. None. Hannity has no. never worked where no. where he doesn't have Rush Limbaugh as a lead-in. Never. And I also think that you're about to see his credibility just go to shit uh, because the things are about to crash. You ne and I learned this early, too. He's tied himself to Trump so tightly. I learned this early. I don't endorse candidates. Yeah. No. Uh, and I ran into this because I did a... Um, I was working music radio, and I don't... Of course, no, because you guys started in a decent market. Uh <laughs> I DJed weddings on the side, wow. you know, to try to, you know, a little supplemental income here. And so I, I DJed this um, uh, uh, victory party for a, a representative who just won re-election, you know, he was very excited and I was there and it was great. I was like, ah, what a great guy, what a good dude, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
couple years later, oh, and I already left. A couple years later, indicted yeah. on you know whatever it was, some white collar yeah. deal, you know, and he goes and does three years, and Jesus. and I'm like, you know what? Never tying myself to somebody again. What was yeah. his victory song? Shit, I don't even remember. <laughs> Celebration. Yeah. yeah, it was totally probably something gay. totally gay. Ain't yeah. no stopping us now. Yeah. Ain't no stopping yeah. us. Wheel in the sky. Yeah. Something from white people. I know that. <laughs> yeah. It was Arizona at the time. Northern Arizona, so it was probably country. What's yeah. the saddest day you ever were on the air? Uh, you'd think 9-11, and that one's way up there. Um, that was a really tough day. And the day of the Sandy Hook shooting is was really hard for me. Um, Where were you in Phoenix? For Sandy Hook, I was in San Diego. I was still doing afternoons in San Diego. Nine eleven, I had been in radio for year and a half, and oh, I was doing a morning show on an oldie station. And we start getting word on this stuff. We didn't have cable in the in the studio. I mean, we yeah. were five thousand water. Yeah, and we didn't have cable, so our our manager was, and we were managed from a, another city too at the time, a small local um, uh, uh, cluster, but we had an outlet studio. So our manager, our sales manager, runs down to the the uh, the outlet store next door, which was like, uh, when I say outlet, I mean not like outlet malls. I mean sure. the original. So he was selling kayaks and life jackets oh, and shit. winter coats and that kind of stuff, you know, camping gear and that sort yep. of thing. But he had cable, so she'd run down there write down a bunch of notes, run back up to the Shit. studio, and then hand them to us. And we're like, and we're getting, so if you can imagine the clusterfuck that was the reporting on 9-11 to start mm-hmm. with, then playing the telephone game yeah. uh, as all this is going on. So, and here I was uh, 23 years old at wow. the time. So I was, you know, I was a kid. Yeah. And this is the first real news story mm-hmm. that I was that I was covering as, a, as a, uh, an FM DJ of oldies music. So I'm, you know, I'm getting these these notifications. I'm like, you know, the South Tower has crashed. The North Tower is on fire. At this point, we're getting reports like every plane in America has been hijacked, you know. Yeah. And we're going, oh, uh, the uh, Pennsylvania, there's a plane down. And now there's another plane that crashed into the Pentagon. And now, and you're going, and, and there's no other planes in the air. And everybody's dead from here. And everybody's, and you're going, oh. it, was, it was madness. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm 23. I was still living. At home, I think I was at home at the time. I was either at home or my grandmother had just died, and I was living in her house uh, prior to moving. So I, I think actually I was. I wasn't. Now I, I recall I was living in her house, uh, but still very close to my parents, my hometown. And I just remember um, my mom called the hotline, hmm. and uh, I answered it. You know, oldies one hundred one point five, and uh, it's just my mom. She goes, Chris, <laughs> and I just started bawling. Yeah, oh, really? that was it. I just started bawling. And she's like, I love you. Wow. And I mean, even talking about it right now, it's like. Did you say it was your mom? No, I knew. It wasn't on air. Oh, I thought you plugged it in like it was on air. No, no. I was like, I've never been, seen it. It would have been put... great radio, yeah. right? But yeah. I didn't know that at the time. I okay. wouldn't have recognized it at the time. But it was off air, she called. And we didn't. I mean, it was such a small station. We didn't have uh, 360s, which yeah. people unfamiliar. It's a recording device you use off the air. Uh, we didn't have that, you know, and I had. I didn't have my my recorder ready to go but yeah it was my mom she she just said my name and i just started bawling she just says i love you and it's not something that my family doesn't really yeah did you say you have two and a half hours left you pussy pull it together yeah get your shit together (laughs) (laughs) sweep the quarter i like it right (laughs) 
You really <laughs> fucked up the post on that song. <laughs> I've never heard the Four Seasons sound so terrible yeah. in my life. Can you stop playing Jet Airliner, you well, fucker? Yeah. <laughs> Another one from Jefferson Airplane I think you're going to love. Right. <laughs> Fuck. Right. So, I appreciate that you guys have the same uh, coping mechanism as I do, too. It's we great. were on that night. Speaking of validation. Yeah, we were on that night. And the thing that I remember about that day, what an incredible program director who I appreciate more now, Dave Sniff at KFMB, who's uh-huh. still there. Yeah. And you were talking about... Never got to work for Sniff. I sent him an application when I uh, back in 2010. He never yeah. called me. But he did call me like four years ago, and he was like, hey, what's going on, man? What's going yeah. on with you? What's, uh, what's happening? That sounds like him. He's yeah. uh, a nice, really nice guy. I'd love, yeah, to, he is. love to talk to him again. He used to tell us all the time. So, right Dave Sniff, if you're listening, I'd love call. to talk to you again. Give me a call, call now. Mer- I am available. <laughs> yeah. Call Merrill immediately. I am not under contract currently. He is available. Right. The thing I loved about Sniff was he would say to you every day, I couldn't give less of a fuck what you do for 21 hours a day. Just make sure the three that I pay you for are the mm. best three of your day. Yeah. Couldn't give less of a shit. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care what time you get here. I don't care what the time when, you get out. When he out. said best, did he, meant, did he mean like the time that you have your stuff together? Or he wants to hear that this he is the best you, three hours of your day? This is your best three hours when you go live to when you're done. Awesome. That should be who awesome. you are. And uh, so 9-11 happens. And, uh, <laughs> I'm and by sitting, this time, you know. You have some idea of what's happened. Oh, yeah, because I'm sitting at hours. Right, right, right. Because I was on the air on East Coast when this happened. Yeah. So I was nearing the end of my shift, right? I mean, when the first plane hit. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, like but, but Dave and I were the night show. Right, right, right like 8.50, and then it was 9.15. Yeah. I was supposed to be off the air at 10. I got a yeah. great story. I want to hear yours, though, but I got a great, So like, if there's any silver haha lining so for David, 9-11, that's it. Yeah, man. Dave and I were the night show. We were young guys. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Just having fun, goofing around, grab yeah. ass radio. And I called Sniff at about 11.30. Yeah. And I said, look, I, you know, assume we're off. When do you want us back? He goes, no, you're you're on tonight. And I go, Dave, fuck, man. What, what, what do you want us to talk about? What are yeah. we going to do? And he said to me, he said, every day, or he said, every hour so far, there has been an agenda. Somebody has had their own personal agenda on the air. And he said, we're going into Rick Roberts, who will have his own fucking agenda. Yeah. He goes, that's fine. But he said, but when you fucking get here, I want two guys that are real. He goes, I want two fucking guys on my air tonight who are real that are going to tell this city what the fuck they are feeling and be a traffic nice. cop. And nice. let San Diego, because he said, you're going to be my two fucking guys that are real. Don't hold anything back. Good. Say what you're feeling. That's you awesome. He goes, you don't know who the fuck Osama bin Laden is. Great. Say it. And he said, and then let people come in and vent and cry and talk. And he said, I'll fucking see you tonight. And it was so great because I said to Dave, when everybody else had talked Bin Laden, Dave and I talked about, I I still remember the show, the courage of the firefighters going up the steps when everybody else is coming down. That's what we did that night. Yeah. And we talked to first responders and we talked to local dispatchers and just that shit. People called and cried, and it was... But Dave Sniff... That's great radio. Dave Sniff could have said, listen, get the fuck out of here. Take a week off. I'll carry Fox We're News run, Channel. Right, exactly. I'll carry the network. Yeah. And he told me, no bullshit, you're coming in. And I'm so thankful to him for doing that because, yeah, I, I feel like, Chris, that no matter what else I had done, when we had started at that point, that I wasn't good enough to be on the air on that day. Yeah. 
And I don't know that I ever. And he saw something in us and said, "No, you'll be here." You're actually exactly. What and I you're want. on tonight, and you're on tomorrow night, and you're on after that. Yeah. And I was fuck, man. I'm loyal to him forever. Like the hardest, but wow, you guys must have grown leaps and bounds at that moment. Right? Changed a lot. It changed know? a lot. It's the only thing I've ever done. Where Columbine, we were on that day. You know, yeah. Columbine. Oh yeah. It's Local. the only thing I've ever done though, because. Beyonce, I was doing sports updates for Ted Leitner's morning show, so I was yep. there. I mean, I was I saw it before Ted saw it. Pele's got the we update. The, yes, he does. No. Pele, Pele, <laughs> where the T? Silent T, everybody. Well, First Silent T back in uh, 1642 <laughs> for Silent T. <laughs> yes, it was. It was my first day that Jeff was doing that shift and then was out. It was my first day taking over his shift. Actually, I didn't go on there for like two weeks, yeah. even though it was my first day, but I watched it. And then Jeff and I did the show, and it was so emotional, just like you said with your yeah, mother. Yeah. But it's the only thing. I'm not one of these guys that dreams and remembers my dreams. I still have nightmares to this day. Do you? I've seen that plane crash over uh, and over and over, and I it wakes me up it. out of my sleep. I never saw it. Man. I mean, I've seen it since. Yeah, but seen, I saw the second one live going, I don't think that's a replay. It, right. Yeah. Right. And we didn't have cable in the in the studio. Yeah. Oh, uh, we were just a tiny tiny little studio in a, in a generally vacation town, and we just... You know, yeah. here's the Four Seasons. You know, here's Martha and the Vandellas. You know, whatever it well, was. Well, I've said to Dave, the craziest shit that I remember about that day was he was there. So now I'm at home, and I'm watching, and I'm watching CBS News, right? And it's Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble's hosting, and he says, okay, we're going to go live. You know, a plane has apparently hit the World Trade Center. And then a second plane hits. And this woman comes on the air. They, they like, you never see it. They patch in a phone call. And he's chatting with a woman down in Midtown. And kind of like Matt Lauer had the same thing when they always replay that show. They're chatting with somebody in Midtown. The second plane hits. And Gumble, this woman is saying, you know, oh my God, it's terrorism and everything. And Gumble stays cool. Hey, let's just see what's going on. Why do you say that? And the woman said, because he made no attempt to get out of the way, and I've lived here 30 years, and planes Nobody don't crash. Flies into the, yeah. Nobody flies into the building. And all of a sudden, Gumbel's talking, and then they cut to the shot of the Pentagon. And you hear Gumbel on the air go, oh, my goodness. And you heard it. You fucking heard it. And it was real. And it was real. And yeah. you, that's when you said, shit. It just got real. It just got real yeah. because he was cool. He was news guy. We're not going to panic. This is not. And then all of a sudden you heard real Bryant Gumble. And oh. when he went, oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. Yeah. Everything changes. Yeah. You can see it on YouTube. And I watched it fucking live. And I go, I said to my roommate, I go, fuck. Fuck. I just heard a guy yep. on the air. And I've been on the air. I, I just heard a guy fucking emotion came through. And it sends, when I hear it today, it sends a chill up your spine. Watch yep. the whole clip on YouTube and see when he changes. And you just go, especially for those lucky enough to have been on the air, Chris, it'll fucking give you a shiver because you go, oh, this yeah. son of a bitch just got scared on live TV. Yeah, yeah, we've been yeah. there. Now, because I was working at such a small station, we did voice tracking, which for mm -hmm. people unfamiliar is when you record your breaks in between songs. So you say... You know, hey, that was the Beatles, and now one of our favorite songs from Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Here's yeah. my Sharia Moore. All right. <laughs> so I'm on the air, and they say, we're going to keep you guys on the air, take the news feed, but we want you guys there. So it was me and the, and the, uh, the news guy. So we're still, you know, we're still playing music, and then we went mm -hmm. to, at 10 o'clock, we went to straight news feed. And so we got word that uh, at, and we were still giving local updates and whatever else was going on here, and we had... Um, 
you know, we just happened to have, you know, we did the religious programs on the weekends. We had the, the ministers and we had a rabbi coming in that day to record oh, their stuff yeah. anyway, you know. In some cases, I was telling them about what happened. You know, they hadn't even heard it yet. So we just grabbed them. We put them on the air and we go, you know, what's going on here? They go, we got to turn the other cheek. You know, this is the time to lean on God, this kind of thing. So it made for, you know, it was really nice that we had those guys there to be able to talk to the audience, sort of help them through that. At 2 o'clock, we got where they go, though. They, they said at 2 o'clock, we're going to play news at the top of the hour. And then we're going to go back to our regular programming, okay. which meant music, commercials, and the voice tracking. The guy that voice tracked uh, was the morning guy on the other station. And he was really old school, so everything was kind of hokey, you know. Uh, nice guy. He actually announced my birth on the air back in 1978. And here I was working <laughs> wow. with him all of a sudden, yeah. Wow. So... I go, uh, I said, uh, listen, we're, we're staying on top of this. And if anything else happens, you know, we're going to come back with you. But in the meantime, you know, we want to want to let you, you know, try to escape a bit with uh, some of the good times and great oldies. So we Jesus. put it on there. <laughs> Song plays. All of a sudden, you got, you got two buildings laying in rubble on the ground. You yeah. have an unknown body count. You've got a country that is terrified. Yeah. We don't know... Is this the last attack? Are we going to war? What is happening? And when you turn on the radio, you heard, it's a two for Tuesday. That's right. Two songs. We're highlighting the letter A today. So it's two songs from artists who start with the letter A. We'll start with Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Did oh, we just no. go to a two for Tuesday on September 11th? Oh, my God. Here's America's That's, Sister Golden. I here. mean, it, because he had recorded that, you know, at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. Yeah, here's Horse with No Name at Oldies 101.5. Hope you're having a great Tuesday, everybody. Oh, my God. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Oh, that was Tuesday. it. But then we had Sandy Hook. Dude, I could not have done that show. Sandy Hook was hard uh, because I was really trying to get to a different place. You guys talked about being real. How old, September how old were in 2012? That's December of 2012 because we had just yeah. left 1090. So I was, My kids were in kindergarten. I was 34. How old was your daughter? Wait, it was 2012. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. My daughter was 14. Okay. Yeah. And I hated her, so it was all right at the time, <laughs> yeah. Now, it's 14-year-old daughters. Like, yeah. I love you to death, but if somebody kills you, like, I'm going to feel a little bad. <laughs> But now I love her to death. Like yeah. I couldn't be more proud of her. You know, yeah, you but got a, over. a fourteen-year-old yeah. daughter is the worst. Yeah, uh, just terrible. Uh, but <laughs> Sandy Hook happens, and I thought, you're the radio guy in me. Oh yeah. So, like in my mind, it's like, okay, school shooting. This sucks. Okay, I have to talk about this. How much am I going to talk about this? And this happens with every single shooting. Is like, okay, I'll make mention of it, but I'm going to stick with my stuff here because people don't want to hear about this all day. And it, of course. It always ends up being, because that's the big yeah. story. So that's what you end up talking about. But I thought, I'm going to do something that really connects with people. What I didn't realize is how much it was going to hit me on the air. So I go and I find, I just start YouTubing Sandy Hook Elementary School. And I find the Christmas program that had been oh, recorded fuck. just a week prior. Yeah. Right? I'm like, oh, this is great audio. I'm going to play this on the air. You know, this is going to be, oh, we're going to really... Oh, we're gonna we're gonna tickle some emotions on this one. Watch this, you know. And I'm so show starts, you know. Voice of Merrill, uh, Kogo, whatever it was. 
And they just start playing Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Just a bunch Fuck of kids. Me. Yeah. And it got through that, and I go, voices you just heard were from Sandy Hook Elementary, and some of the voices you just heard will never be heard again. And, like, I lost my shit yeah. right there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew what I was going to say, and I was yeah. like, oh, it's going to be great radio. But all of a sudden, I said it, and it was like, wow, that just hit me really hard. So I'm, you know, I'm in friggin' tears all of a sudden. I'm like, what happened? When did I get old? I thought I was like this invincible, yeah. <clears throat> you know, stuff nah. doesn't hurt me. Once you have kids, it all changes. I deal with every, well, and I've for me, had them did, for a while. But yeah. you got to remember, too, that my kids are, uh, they're all used. They're pre-owned. They're pre-dadded kids that I have. So I think it was at a time, that was a time where it was like, you're kind of coming to the realization of everybody's, you know, everybody's family. You talk about having kids and you put yourself in those shoes all of a sudden. I was I don't think I was putting myself in the shoes so much as I was just thinking about the effects of the people that were involved. I have in the meantime used my kids as a litmus test for things that I've uh, talked about in the past. And I've always talked about family and I love my kids. Please don't get me wrong. I love my kids. And I use them now as a litmus test for what I want this for my daughter. You know, there's been a lot of when I talk about transgender bathrooms or, or transgender individuals using different restrooms and people get really pissed about it and they go would you want your daughter in there with some pervert guy don't even know what his sex is and i go uh yeah because unless he's gonna break through the stall door i don't know you know yeah because quite frankly i don't think that the women only sign has ever stopped a child rapist from entering a restroom before. So I don't yeah. think that's going to be the big, Ooh, we got him. Yeah. Hey yeah. everybody, I just cut my dick off and now I can get in here. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> right. No, I don't think that's the case. I think yeah. you probably have somebody that really genuinely believes that they belong in the women's restroom. I'm actually more concerned for that individual than my daughter. But yeah, I use my kids as a litmus test for some things, you know, and, and I just go, okay, how would I feel if this were my daughter? You know, abortion issues, for instance, is a, is a really tough one for me because I, you know, there's there's ideology. I don't ever want to see anybody not be born, but I also understand you've got a teenage kid who's terrified. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. And, I, and I've said this before, and this is really tough, too. You never talk about abortion on talk radio, by the way, because that's this way you get half the audience to hate your guts. Uh, but I always said, yeah, I am in theory pro-life, but in practice, I guess I'm pro-choice because... I don't want to see any life lost, but I definitely don't want my daughter sticking a hanger up inside yeah, herself yeah. because she's so terrified. In a back I mean? alley. Yeah, exactly. Or exactly. going to TJ or doing yeah, whatever. Exactly. So I'm like, of the lesser of two evils, they're both bad. I don't like yeah. either one of those options, but if I had to choose, I don't want my daughter hurting herself out of fear. I kind of feel I'd like... rather have a doctor talk her out of it, you yeah. know? And I think you should. I think you should go through every every uh, step you can to try to figure out if there's a way to, to, to keep a child. But I understand why people uh, go for that. Go ahead. Uh, two things. Number one on that, they don't really treat it like the 100,000 teenage girls that were screaming at the Ed Sheeran concert last night. I don't really think girls are lined up to run in and get an abortion. and then. Oh, yeah, that's a new birth celebrate. control. Don't you know that? Yeah, celebrate. Yeah. But you know what? I want to go back to the Sandy Hook thing because it's what I said coming in. It's about the it's about the science of talk radio. It's about the ability to connect with me as a listener and try to find the feeling that I'm trying to feel that day and going through and doing it. And it's taking the time to go and find the Sandy Hook audio 
and saying, you know what, it, this is not going to be a start about me. This is not going to be about gun control. This is not right. going to be anything. I hate that. We're going to come out of the fucking shoot today, and you're going to hear those voices. And then, like you said, when you go, some of these voices will never be heard again. Fuck. Right? That's like we're, as a guy where if I'm driving and I hear that show and I've done this, that's you're where like, I go, that's how you fucking do yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm extremely, believe me when I say this, the three guys here in this room that have been on the air on incredibly difficult days, we don't like those days. Oh, but the when, worst. But people are like, oh, you thrive on, you know. Oh, I hate Everybody it. loves a tragedy. No, not, you don't. But you know what's funny about that? And you know day? what? In commercial radio, though, they're like, well, you're making money off this tragedy. And they're not wrong. But because people are coming to us for that information, and if people are coming to us, then the ratings go up. And if the ratings we go saw up, it with then, the Rick Roberts, remember? I hate that. Oh yeah, with Danielle Van Dam. Van Damvel, Dan Dam. And I try to tell people, I go, I would rather be dead last in the ratings and never have a school Correct. shooting again. Correct. My God. But for me, we had left ten ninety a week before. I was incredibly pissed about how that all ended because I felt like Dave really got fucked in that deal, and then Dave got fucked, and then in a side far away i got fucked in that deal and you're pissed and you're mad at the world and my kids Hey, when i first got here i listened to you guys over there too i liked it my kids were in kindergarten at that time and i'll tell you josh and sherrod too right yeah they They got fucked in that deal yep i love those guys i listen to them in the way yeah 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 i love those guys and so i did not want to be the fucking dad dropping kids off i love picking them up in the afternoon i didn't want to be the guy dropping them off that day any day and all of a sudden that day, I'm taking them to kindergarten. Everything's cool, right? They're four years old. And I drop them off, and I get in the car, and I hear school shooting. And I go home and watch, and it's fucking kindergarten Elementary. kids, man. Yeah, your, kindergarten yeah, your, kids. Your, your kids. My age. guys. <sighs> kindergarten, who I look at these little faces every day, and I yeah. go, fuck, I'm going to drive home every day. I'm going to look at every fucking weirdo. Yeah, but you're kind of a pussy when it comes to your kids, aren't you? Totally, man. Yeah, you really are. Totally. Everybody is, right? Yeah, he is, isn't he? I'm, totally. Dude, I turned in the same way. I was never that guy until nah, I had kids. No, nah, you would not be like, no, if your kids hadn't been like athletes or whatever, you'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think they've done anything. Thank God his wife was banging some talented athletic <laughs> Dropped out a couple of athletic kids yeah. that he thinks are his. Well, you know what's crazy right now that you're seeing? What we're seeing with all of our friends is all the parents dealing with kids going to college. See, I'm lucky my oh, kids yeah. are in sixth grade. So uh, oh. shit, by the time they go to college, I'll be so all fucking senile. Mine. All three of mine are in college. Devastating when they left? No, it was a little awkward, actually, because the oldest, when we left Kansas, I got the offer to come to San Diego. My son was between his junior and senior year, and that was really hard. And yeah. we decided to come to San Diego. Oh, and shit. He, he said, I don't want to leave. I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. And if I have to move, I'm going to go live with dad, who coincidentally lives in Phoenix, where, uh, you know, I ended up. But he says, I'm going to go live with dad. At least I have friends there. So he went and lived with his dad, which I think uh, was a terrible decision. I think he's still paying for it. Um, The two younger ones, one was a freshman in high school and one was in eighth grade. They came to California with us. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Where were we going with this? I have no idea. What kind of emotion did he feel when they left for college? Oh, uh, my daughter, I left them because I came to, I went to Phoenix. I bought a house and then my guts fell out. Uh, My daughter was a senior in high school, but we decided I didn't want to do that to another one. Yeah. By that time, our youngest son tells us he hates us. 
Uh, he was 14 at the time. Fuck him. And <laughs> his dad bought him a kitten over the summer. He says, I don't want to come home. Dad bought me a kitten. Okay, you know what? Go. Because at this point, I thought this kid was going to kill us in our sleep. Oh, shit. <laughs> he was really dark. I'm not, yeah. I'm, only, I'm not even joking here. I know you're yeah. laughing, but I'm not. I really was like, this shit. kid is really dark. Uh, he's since moved back. When we moved to Phoenix... He did not want to live with his dad anymore. He hated yeah. it. And I told my wife, I go, no, no, no. He already he made his bed. He can lie in it. She yeah. says, it's really awful for him. He doesn't want to go to school there. He wants to go to the schools, uh, go to school with his cousins. They live on the other side of the valley. We're close to them. Can he, you know? And I said, short leash. If he's going to yeah. move back in, it's been it's been great. Is a kitten still alive? <laughs> Hell of I know. <laughs> his dad doesn't have a very good track record with raising things, so I'm guessing not. <laughs> Plus, he ended up hooking up with an Asian, so it's probably been cooked. Um Again, that's something else. I'm totally He's joking. Sick. That is something <laughs> you know is fucked. No, you know, I'm just playing off of stereotypes, and you know that's the kind of thing. It's yeah. like, listen, we have some concerns about something we heard on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. But he no, he lives with us now, and he's been the, the greatest. My be, daughter, I moved. To, You're gonna be the mayor of the Chinatown. Oh parade God, for fucking yeah. The next I got called. Years. I got called in the office one time because I did a bit. There was a. Uh, there was something about it was in San Diego. It was probably in Chula Vista. I don't know, and uh, some dive part of town. <laughs> and hey, where are we right now? We're in Chula, East Lake, Chula Vista. Uh, sorry. Oh, East Lake, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's right. That's why I saw only white people. And no, but I called. I got called in the car. They're like, "Listen, we heard you do a bit, <laughs> uh, and you were talking about um, uh, Koreans that witnessed a crime while they were at a park." I said, "Yeah." You said that they were probably having a barbecue and there were no dogs in town. Listen, we think you're really talented, but that's the kind of thing I'd have to fire you for. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I mean, I was just having fun. They're like, yeah. yeah, we think you're having fun, but the Koreans of America community do not think that's very fun at all. You know, not funny at all. How many so, of them have a you know, meter? I do not believe that Koreans are eating dogs. I don't think all Asians are eating cats. But I do think that my wife's ex-husband's new girlfriend does eat cats. So, <laughs> that said, I moved to Phoenix, and I said, I don't want my daughter to have to miss her senior year of high school. In this case, it would have been a Tory Pine. She was, she was in her junior year at this point when I got off this job over Phoenix. So, I said, well, I don't want to... And I want to do that again. I really have regrets yeah. about the last time. So, I drove back and forth. I bought a car that was a hybrid, and I still drive it. You know, that's what I... Yeah. Parked out front here. It's a piece of shit. And uh, <laughs> driving that back and forth. Well, she says, she graduates high school. My wife says, well, I'm going to move to Phoenix where my husband is. Yeah. And uh, my daughter says, I'm not going. So she ended up, she went to school in San Francisco for a year. And then she ended up moving back. She, she lives in Oceanside now. And she's going to move up to, uh, I don't know, somewhere in L.A. She doesn't know where she's moving yet. But she wants to go up there. I miss. So, I mean, yeah, I miss him. It's great. But the oldest left four years before he went to college. Yeah. The youngest took off, and now he's going to college, but he's living with us. And my daughter went to college, and, you know, I miss her. She's she's great. She's fantastic. I'm so proud of the woman that she's become. Uh, but I was the one that left them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit different situation yeah. for me than it is for most people, I think. I, I miss the days that at about two minutes of seven, my phone would ring, and it would be Kevin Finnerty. Yeah. Hey, Meryl wants you for the first segment. It can be ready in like have, 30 seconds. He doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have, he doesn't, hello? Hey, Finnerty. Dots. 
Meryl doesn't have shit. Hold on. <laughs> I'm like, Hold on. You're going on the air. <laughs> you're, you're live Dots in a minute. is like, do you mind if I wipe first? I'm like, <laughs> let's just go. But Nobody we, knows. Just we, push it out. We would just hang out, fucking sit there and talk about that shit. I love that. On, a, on that a evening fun. show, yeah. yeah. Which I think we, I can probably get back to at some point, but they, there's some more focus going into it right now, which is good. I really like that there's some focus, that there's some attention brought to it, and that yeah. there's some, some uh, constructive criticism. Uh, and great advice I got from uh, one of my one of my favorite mentors in the history of ever is Robin Bertolucci at oh, yeah. KFI. She is absolutely a genius. She is the best. And I don't remember what the issue was, but there was something where I was like, I'm really getting these mixed signals, and I don't know what to do. And this was, you know, uh, I don't know, five six years ago. And she says, she goes, Hey, listen, you're gonna have to. You're going to get a lot of advice from a lot of people through your whole career. You just have to decide what you want to take mm-hmm. and what you don't. She goes, that includes me. Yeah. If you don't like something I say, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it's your career. It. Yeah. She says, it's your career. You make it or break it. You know, if if you do what they say and it doesn't work, you're still getting fired. Yeah. You know, if you don't do what they say and it does work, you're not getting fired. So ultimately, it's up to you. But I rely on people for whom I have tremendous respect to kind of guide me to do those things that are not going to get me fired. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, so that's been really, that's been educational for me. Just, you know, be me, but at the same time, okay, what are the things I can tighten up formatically? You know, what is the, yeah. what is the feel of the station? What are we trying to get to as the feel of the show? What's the hook? All those different things. Yeah, Where, what's where's the, the What's your lane? Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. We always, we talk about that, and it's, it's tough at night right now because uh, her guy, uh, Tim Conway Jr., um, from really whom I've good. had the oh, he's a great guy. I've had the honor of filling in for a couple of times, and he has done such a great job. You know, you were talking about Dan Patrick and yeah. just kind of bullshitting with his with his crew. Tim does that, but he has done such a great job of building a team, and then he draws from each of them their own character. Mm-hmm. So the problem that I have with Dan Patrick is I never know who he's talking. I don't to. either. Yeah. I never have any idea. But when when Conway is talking to people, first of all, their voices are so different. There's no mistaking anybody on that yeah, show. Yeah, Mark Thompson. With that voice. Right, Mark Thompson comes on. Right. And yeah. Aaron Bender, who yeah. sounds like a... And I, I gave him shit for it, too. And he's a really good dude. Uh, Aaron Bender, who sounds like he's about 63 years old, yeah. is in his mid-20s, late-20s now. Jesus. Yeah. Man. And I remember listening to, to Tim Conway Jr. And, and uh, Bender would come on and, well, there's a fire in Encino. And, you know, and you're doing this. Yeah. And he says... Uh, and then Tim says, hey, how's that new baby? He's like, well, we're not getting a lot of sleep right now because the new baby is keeping us up. And I'm like, new baby? I didn't yeah. think your dick still yeah. worked. What, you, Larry out, King? Right. And you find out, oh, my God, yeah. this guy's, you know, he's still wet behind the ears. And yeah. he has such a and really positive spirits by everybody on that program. I can tell you, that's my challenge at night right now is that yeah. the batshit crazies are listening to whatever uh, uh, KFMB is running, Mark Levin or whoever yeah. is out there quoting Constitution, you're not a patriot unless you believe what I do. Anybody that doesn't want to listen to that bullshit is listening to Conway because he does yeah. such a great show. Or, quite frankly, they've gone to a podcast. Do you know uh, what? Do you know what so I'm trying, to create, I'm trying to find my lane. What is it that identifies my show as being a little bit different? Do you know what I realized the other day, Dave? And, and this is going to sound really stupid, but I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You know what fucked nighttime radio? When people got rid of pay phones. When people got rid of pay phones, the people that were out at night that don't have the ability to own a cell phone but would call and say, look, I'm on a payphone and I have four minutes. Chris, I'm talking old school nighttime radio when I was screening and we were doing How it. How old are you? 
103. You know what's funny you said that? I always thought when people called with the pay fund that they're bullshitting. They just use it as an excuse to get on the air faster. It's the guys because the guys, you know. At least you can cut them off faster. Yeah. Hey, I know you're out of quarters. (laughs) Bye-bye. Yeah. But I don't know. Nobody has a landline anymore, right? Does anybody have a landline? And does anybody listen to the Only for business, yeah. Yeah. All right. Before you go, who's who's your guy? Well, you just cut me off now, huh? <laughs> yeah. We only went. Thanks, prick. How about episode two when you right take now. next weekend off, dickhead? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How about uh, who's your guy right now? Talk radio. Who's your who's your favorite guy that you saw? Who's the favorite guy that? I've it, got a I've got a couple. All right. Let me I can answer this question with a couple of them. Uh, I Tim Conway Jr. is a genius. Uh, what he's done is creating an atmosphere in that evening spot. Uh, there's he's got such an incredible show. Uh, Bill Handel. Mm-hmm. who's also on KFI, does a good morning show. Really good morning show. I listen to it. But his weekend show, Handle on the Law, oh, yeah. is the best. It's one of the best shows on radio. And then uh, a guy uh, that inspired me to get into talk radio, because I always thought talk radio, you had to be either some political wonk or you had to be an expert in something. And you had to be like the garden guy or, hey, I'm an electrician or I got your real estate and retirement advice this weekend. I always thought that was what you had to do. And then I heard Ro Khan at WLS uh, the Rowan Gary show, which was at one point the, the most streamed radio show uh, uh, at the time, you know, uh, they won, you know, best show in America, you know, all these different awards. These guys were so fantastic. And they just talked about everything. That is what we're talking about. Yeah. They were very real, but they were fun. Yeah. Funny as hell and so fun. And um, and I've talked to a couple of people since then. I talked to the PD that fired him, uh, who uh, they were just making changes to that station, and uh, and and Roe wasn't in the budget because he was he was a high profile, high dollar guy there in Chicago. Uh, but you know, I talked to a few other people, Daryl Parks, who used to be mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, a, the VP of Talk, and I told him the story about Roe Khan, and he says Roe Khan has got a depth of knowledge a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. He says, but that's all you need. Yeah, you know, and so that's you know that's been it's been sort of inspirational. I met Roe at the Democratic National Convention a couple of years ago. I didn't even realize that the guy sitting in front of me was Roe um, because they didn't you know we never look like the the no. professional photos that they take and put on the yeah. website, right? Yeah. yeah. So finally, after the third day, I realized, oh my god, that's Roe. I'm like, he's the reason I'm in talk radio. So I go, hey, hey, um, are you Roe Khan? He's like, yeah. Go, You're the reason I'm in talk radio. Will you take a picture with me? <laughs> I was such a like f- weird ass fanboy at that yeah. point. He's like, "Yeah, can I finish my show first?" I'm like, "Anything you want, Mister Khan. Anything you want. Take a picture wow. with me." And he did. He was he was nice enough about it. But I I think I was I may have come on a little strong. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow night, what time? He's like, Here's my number. Call me maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you want seven tomorrow? Seven. Seven to nine. Every weeknight now. Congrats. Yeah. Is that official? No. Are you officially the guy? No. Still officially unofficial. Okay. Are you invited to the Christmas party? No. No, they'll not you on the air. <laughs> the thing is, and you know this as well as I do. Do all of this shows. shit. You no, no, no. You do afternoon shows. You know what this is. They're like, yeah. hey, Christmas party is going to start at 6. Yes. And yeah. you're like, I don't get off the air until 7. Yeah. And, they're like, yeah. and I can't possibly get downtown until like 8.30. And they're like, oh, well, we only have the building until 9. Yeah. You're yeah. like... Dude, here's the worst. So these, to, out. these are the ones that used to drive me crazy. Jeff and I would be on there till whatever nine o'clock or ten o'clock, and then you'd get that email on your phone. Hey, since it's the holidays are coming up, everybody's out of here at twelve, and yeah. we're like, "Well, fuck me. We yeah, just yeah. worked a full day." Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's those moments, right. It's like yeah. the sales staff is like, just yeah. want to let everybody know we're closing the offices at noon today. Yeah. You're yeah. working the morning show and you're like, fuck you. I just yeah. work yeah. all day anyway. Yeah. You're working the afternoon show and you're yeah. like, great. I don't have to come in. Yeah. They're like, well, no, we need you in. Yeah. You know, obviously the, you need to work. Yeah. The fucking best is when you get fired and they're like, you know, Chris, it's a tough day, man. Tough fucking day. And while you're getting that speech, the Beatles tribute band setting up in the fucking conference yeah, room yeah. so they can introduce the new guy. And here comes the thousand dollar catered oh, steak it's dinner. Brutal. Chris, it's this brutal. Is brutal, man. I got one of those at uh, this last gig. But if you could get the fuck out of here. You want me to just get the fuck out of here? No, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that's what they say to yeah. us when they move us out. I've heard so we can get the new guy in and everybody can enjoy the day. You're bumming us out. I've I've never been well, I can't say I've never been fired. I've been fired. I got I worked in northern Arizona on a music station for a while. I got bought out by another station. And the the market manager comes in and she goes, you guys are all lucky because you could have been bought out by somebody that didn't know anything about radio, like Clearwater. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I raised my hand and I go, do you mean Clear Channel, the largest radio owner in America? Whatever. I've been doing this 18 years. I know more than you do. I'm like, obviously not. (laughs) But I had already gotten a new job at the time, and they were like, uh, listen, we're going to need you to fill out a new uh, uh, employment application form and everything. I'm like, Friday's my last day. It's Wednesday. They go, no, that doesn't matter. We're going to need you to be on our our payroll. Uh, It's necessary that you do this. I go, why don't you just give me a check for the last two days of work? Fire me up. Well, no, we can't do that. I go, I'm not filling out another application and a W-2 and everything else for it. They're like, well, then you're not going to be able to be on the air. And I'm Good See luck. you later. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. And this last time around, it was one of those that were a little like, you know, uh, the landscape's really changed with Trump being president, and uh, you know, you're not really a Trump fan, and so we don't really think that this is really working out. And I was like, yeah, that's cool, man, because yeah. I really, I get it. So it was, it was one of those where it was like they, you've been in a relationship with a girl, and you know that it's going to end, and somebody has to be the person to kind of say it. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, so it was like you know they said, eh, so listen, it's not really going to work out, and I was like, you guys are great, really appreciate it. I still maintain a great relationship. I still use the studios all the time. You know, See, that's great. Big. Yeah, no, and I learned, you know, uh, one of the guys I replaced was Chip Franklin, who's uh, who's been. Uh, <laughs> you Chip been told a good me. Dude. Chip said he was on the wrestling team, but he had to quit because he came too fast. That was his best line. Chip used to drop his jokes on me every freaking break because he was right with us. Yeah. That was the one line Jeff just told that I will never forget. I was like, that's the one joke that would have got a laugh out of me, Chip. The one joke. But he'd do it like while your music was playing. But, you know, Chip got fired and they put me in his spot. Oh, shit. So I was taking over for him and I was, and I knew this for like a month before they fired him. And then they were like, okay, this Friday is the day we're going to let Chip go. You're going to start on Monday. Like, okay. okay. You know, thank that, God. That's our business. And you got to yeah. walk around the, the building worst. going, hey, how'd your show go this morning? Well, that's cool because you yeah. only got two weeks left. You but tell your cool, wrestling man. joke, yeah. asshole. Right. And and then Chip called in sick that Friday. <laughs> oh, and shit. Then, and I, so I come in there like, okay, you're not starting on Monday because Chip called in sick. Fucking Chip. So it's going to be at least another week because we want to fire him on a Friday. So yeah. Chip's been really great, and I've talked to him numerous times since. He's been he's, he's been such a classy dude. When he left, he really set the bar for and this is gonna sound terrible, but I mean it, I swear to God, I mean this as a compliment. He set the bar for how to get fired. Yeah. Because when he was let go, he was like, Listen, I love this station. I totally get what they're doing. I think everybody should give Merrill a shot. He's such a good dude. Give him a shot. Great guy. Love these guys. I'll never say anything bad about him. And he stuck to that. 
Wow. And so, you know, when, when things didn't work out with, uh, with contract renewals there in Phoenix, it was like, listen, these guys are great. You know, they've been very good to me. I want, yeah. you know, I wish the best of them. We've never just done not in that. the afternoon, but uh, I want them to be, you know, you know, you call that to move. everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I was a bigger racist, I'd still be here. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I've got phone calls from people that I, I saved. When the blacks take over America, you can go live with them because we're going to be living in our gated community. Good luck, inward lover. Did you just say that? Because yeah. I'm going to play it on the air. <laughs> I'm going to play it on the air. I just got so tired of that song. All right. Wow, you're something else. Uh, you got anything else, Dave? Oh, that was a lot of fun, though. Dude, I you're the best, it. man. We kind of jumped all over the place, but that's the kind of the way our conversations with you always go. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. do you want to talk about my final thing? Yeah. I said last time I saw you, when we sat here, sat in that parking lot till 2 in the morning. Yeah. We talked and we talked and we talked. Yeah. And you talked about an idea for a podcast. Yeah. And I said, on the next day, I said, I found it brilliant, but out of respect to you. You're I said, not going to steal like, it? No, no, no. But I said, but I didn't Good, say because you wouldn't do it nearly as well as me. I'll be the first guy to tell <laughs> I you I agree that. with you. <laughs> Both of us said that the next day to each other and said that idea was genius. I wouldn't share it. If you're asking them to share the information, I wouldn't share it at all. Um, do, you have, do you have anything you want to say about it? Uh, is it any closer have, today? It is slightly closer, but not like in production. All right. When you get ready, will you come talk about it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know what Dave and means. Then, There's a bunch of cross fucking promote weasels. and everything else. Yeah. Dude, I love it. So, I hope you see that. Can through. we take that tease and give a little more? Go ahead. So You're I, the guy. Uh, so uh, I have this idea for a podcast, which I don't think anybody else is doing. No way. And I have actually run this by some other mentors who also really like the idea. The only person who hates the idea is my wife. Yeah. She's like, I just don't see it. I mm. just don't. I don't understand that. I think you're going to come off as an asshole. No. I'm like, ah, maybe, but uh, I don't think so. We, but I, I have she, this I idea. Think she's dead wrong. I think it's genius. You Thank and I, you. you and I, fine-tuned a couple it's of not, things. I have not done any. Yeah. By the way, great advice that you gave too. I, so, and I mean that. I'm not going to. There's no punchline to follow us up with. Yeah, yeah. Because I love the idea. And to me, what I told you was, I see one thing where a great idea could go off track, and I felt like if you came back here, mm -hmm. your great idea is flourishing. I've never done anything like this before. That's what I love about but it. But I think, I think it's something that I can do, and I think it's something that um, having a background in entertainment, mm -hmm. uh, you know, radio, and then before that theater, it's it's all about character development. Yes. And really, the characters have to be strong enough to to that the characters uh carry themselves because yeah. the whole idea is that i don't do anything else to try to yeah. help that character along that yeah. has to be a strong storytelling yeah uh, okay so here's the deal because obviously people are listening right now yeah. completely fucking lost and yeah they're pissed so, off. okay don't but, be pissed off so here's the deal how how far along until you're ready to make an announcement do you think uh give me a couple of weeks really that's really? that early I would have said you would have said a couple months, maybe a six months. First quarter of 2019, or or do you feel like you can do it by the end of the year? Oh, I think it'll be by the end of the year. It's okay. really an equipment issue, and I got my equipment set. Uh, I just need now to do it, and uh, quite frankly, it's something that's a little bit research intensive. Yeah, and so that's sort of the yeah. hump I got to get over. Yeah, I have to find that routine. How much are you going to pay Lester Holt to be part of it? Uh, how much is he going to pay me? Yeah. <laughs> 
But but you know I what? I love Lester Holt, by the way. I think he's Dude, I hate him. Do you really? Why? He's stealing money. He has the easiest fucking job ever. The he, fucking guy has a lisp. He's <laughs> he is stealing money. Why do you hate the handicapped? Dude, yeah, I don't no hate shit. the handicapped. And, he, and he's African-American, you fucking Are you sure? racist. Yeah, I am. Are you I'm sure? sure. <laughs> yeah, I've seen his birth certificate. <laughs> he's born in Kenya. <laughs> He was. To a white woman from Wichita. Yeah, he Dude, wasn't born in Eastlake. No, my point, no. Let, speaking of it, now that you brought By the way, hold on. Yeah. You second. know that none of the maps show this street correctly? I know. All the maps show this the street that you live on, which I don't know if you're talking about on the air. Uh, they yeah. show it wrong. Well, it's weird because- You live you, on a south, but everything says yeah. north. It depends which way you go. You can go that way and that way. Go to the same street. You mean street. if I go north, it's north? And no. if, I go south? Yeah. If, if you go, if you shoot left out of here, yeah, it's going to take you to the same street that if you shoot right out of here. It's weird. You well, end up on the same street. Fortunately, I figured out which one was yours because it had the scarlet letter A out front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. And that I was like, oh, thing there. that's where the woman yeah. lives. That I And I want <laughs> I want you to know one thing. The first thing we said after that hey, night. congratulations on having decent kids. I do yeah. have decent kids. Yeah, you do. They're great. Yeah. You do. Yeah. That's what, what so, I, some good parenting along the way. Thanks. For that, so. My wife did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. tell you stories about him. <laughs> what we said the next day on the air was, you know why I love this podcast? Because Dave and I both said, that is a show we couldn't do. I know that's a oh, show we couldn't do. Yeah. That's why I love it. You're the guy to do that show. It's but, smart. We like smart. But the great thing about podcasting is... Yeah, but I can't be funny or flippant or anything. It doesn't matter. Ever. That's what makes it great. Yeah. That's so, what... Just, I mean, it'll be crime-based podcast. Yeah. I know everybody's got a crime-based podcast yeah. now, but it's different than any of the other ones that I've heard anyway. You know what's uh, funny, man? I, I'm not going to say something in a second uh, to finish it out, but I'll just so speaking of what you do and why Jeff and I said we couldn't do that, we called each other the next day and go, fuck, that's really smart. We like smart. We admire smart. Because we, we think... Entertaining. We, we, we think our brain moves yeah. pretty fast to what we do. Right. But when you see someone that goes, man, that guy's different. Jeff talks about a relationship with the, this person we work with, uh, Erica, who's crazy smart. But I was talking to my son today. He's turning to me. He goes, who do you who shocks you once in a while? Where you go, you can't keep up. Yeah. Unfortunately, Louis C.K. got into some major trouble. But he was a guy that was crazy smart. You're yeah. crazy smart. Like every time Louis we talk to you, brilliant. We sit there and we go, that guy. Exactly. We use the word brilliant in the car. We're saying that guy's brilliant. His brain moves crazy fast. Where everything he says is, is smart. I admire that. And so when you came up it's with your a, idea a month later. ago to us, we sat yeah. there yes. and said. We couldn't do that. Or we wouldn't think to do that. But no. man, that is something that hasn't been ever hasn't ever been done before. It's going to change things. Well, my maybe we'll my see. wife is an attorney, and I talked to her about it tonight, and she said, "Wow." And then she said, "Just sign the fucking divorce papers." Oh, I was quit ready talking to. to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stop talking to me. Yeah, fucking shit drags out forever. <laughs> maybe by twenty twenty, we'll be fucking done. But uh, it's great seeing you, brother. I'm glad. Listen, I love you guys. And I love Thank that, you. Love that your too, podcast bro. is going well. So, I mean, if you guys want to go ahead and scrap this so you can record the real version, <laughs> uh, uh, that'd be great. Would you have guessed that we started at, Dave, what's We've our time? We've gone about an hour 40. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. So, and my apologies to the audience. That's an hour 40 <laughs> you will never have back. But how about this? Because we all did the same thing. You taught us to work off the Google Doc, which I loved from an AM standpoint. I yeah. loved it. Maybe, and I took it even deeper than you took it, but tonight, just hanging out, conversation, not a note in front of us, anything, just hanging out, talking and bullshit and yeah. going down a lot of different avenues, yeah. right? Old yeah. school. But you guys have done a nice job of staying focused because 
you know, I've got all kinds of stuff. I can go in all, all sorts of different directions. Yeah, you're the best, brother. boring-ass radio. It's a lot of fun, man. Little good, wi- little good guys. whiskey, thanks to the late Jimmy Bedford, helps yeah, us, too. Absolutely. Right. Good luck on brother. fantasy football drafts. Yeah. Who's your, uh, who's your sleeper pick? Give me one guy that I should draft and one guy to stay away from. <clears throat> stay away from Elshon Jeffrey. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, pick up Ty Montgomery. Wow, nice. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Oh, boy. I got Ty in the, I think, Second to last round. All right, here's a question for you because I tell my son, I go, watch this. That's your, that's my sleeper. Nice. How many people, I say, will take Saquon Barkley in the first round? And I said, everybody. Everybody will. And I said, dude, stay away from him in the first round. I go, the Giants are still shit. So, yeah. uh, so uh, anyway, but I said, someone will take him in the top 10, top 12 picks every draft. Oh, every draft. Yeah. Yeah. Where did he go in your draft? Uh, fifth or sixth. Yeah. Knew it. Yeah. Did Dez well, go? Yes. Yeah. Of course, wow. we made fun of the guy nonstop. Sure. You know who's – oh, another one that – he went way too high in our draft, but I was targeting uh, Rashad Penny. Yeah. I think I think uh, uh, Penny could be somebody that really shows where, what he's got. Where did he go in yours? Like how high? He went s- – Sixth, first fifth, pick, sixth? First pick, sixth round. Okay. Yeah, so whatever that is, 71st pick. So he's your first guy off a bench by week type guy at that point, Somebody's, right? but not mine. No, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we also have a strange league where the scoring is a little bit goofy. Yeah. So you, uh, your, keepers, your keepers cost you three rounds, uh, which can be good or bad. Um, oh, so you can decide who you're going to keep, and you always decide based on what their new draft position is, is likely to be. Okay. So you want to, like, for instance, if I take Ty Montgomery in the 17th round, mm. let's say he works out really well, and next year he's a fourth rounder, yeah. Yeah. I get him in the 14th. Uh, and oh, then the shit. year after okay. that, I would get him in the 11th. And the year after that, I'd get him in the 8th. And the year after that, I'd get him in the 5th. Oh, uh, shit. So nice. that's, that's kind of how that works, where you really want to take somebody that's got a lot of potential you know, in the, in the later round. So we've got a lot of rookies that end up coming off that board Oh, I later like on. that. Because yeah. in keeper leagues I've been in, you just had those three guys. Right. And you always but then take, the draft just went. Right. So and everybody's keeping their Levant, their Lady yeah. Bell. They're all keeping their, you know, their, their Gordons or their uh, girlies or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I in like that In this case, one. there's a penalty. Uh, if you take somebody who's in the first three rounds, you only get to keep one. But if you okay. take somebody who's in the fourth through 18th round, yeah. you can keep two. Oh. And it's not based on where they are this year. It's based on where they have been in the past or where yeah. they were last time. Uh, unless you pick somebody up off waiver wires and then they don't count as a draft and then you get them minus three yeah. rounds. So if they are slated to go, for instance, we had a guy that um, uh, dropped uh, Odell Beckham Jr. last year when he got hurt. Another guy picked him up off the waiver wire. So now he gets him the fifth round. Wow. He's oh, wow. a second rounder minus the three. Yeah. You know, so all of a sudden he gets him as a fifth round pick. God yeah. damn. All right, uh, Merrill, every night this week on Kogo, every night, uh, 7 to 9, doing his magic uh, on Twitter. You're pretty active on Twitter, you feel like? Uh, yeah, I try to be. Uh, I'm more World of Merrill. Voice of Merrill. Voice of Merrill, it should be. Okay, I figured. I knew well, it, on Twitter, it. it's I Heart Merrill now. I was really hoping the company wasn't going to fire me, but uh, okay, they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just haven't changed uh, my Twitter account. So uh, appreciate you very much, my friend. Appreciate you guys. Great to see. Congratulations you. on all the great success here. Thank, Thank you, you so my much. friend. That's uh, the great Chris Merrill, and uh, we will cut him loose and then come back and talk about people that make this podcast happen. So he doesn't have to sit here for the hour and a half of commercials that we do. Because I got long. <laughs> Who can I there. plug? Uh, do Barclay. you guys have an official beverage sponsor yet? No, no, that's a good. Why a good do you one? not have a beverage sponsor? Well, because we do... This should be like a Diageo beverage sponsor. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, it That'll would be. That'll be the next one. 
I think it's a great idea. We have some things we're we're trying to grow. So Good. yeah, the next year is going to be a lot of fun on this show. We just do one of those targeting? fountain machines. You know, where you can, people can just pick any kind of drink they want. Like a soda fountain? Yeah, like a soda yeah. fountain machine. But with beer? With yeah. Beer. I think we call those taps. No, I like that. Well, I was thinking both. I like that. I'm not a, you know, we've hung out plenty of days yeah. at Excalibur. You're a scotch guy. I'm not a big whiskey scotch guy. That to me is so fucking good. This Jimmy Bedford, whatever that Daniel is. Single barrel. But it's, but it was from his own selection. God damn. That to me is where you go. We should have hit that son of a bitch up and had him send me 15 <laughs> bottles because you drink it, and the next day you feel fine. Yeah. And it's so nice. That's the that's the mark of better oh. distilled liquors. Yes. Yeah. That's yep. it. Yep. And as I'm getting older, I have much less tolerance. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All you, of a sudden, I wake up with, you know, if I stare at a bottle of, <laughs> of scotch too long, yeah. I get a headache. You know, yeah. Like, what we, the hell happened to me? We put a pretty good dent in that on August 1st, and I woke up the next day. I go, holy shit. Yeah. That, to me, is the craziest shit yeah. I've ever had. When you wake up the next day and your head's not pounding or doing whatever. Yeah. When you go... Craziest shit I ever had was last night because uh, I had Benihana in Las Vegas. Okay. And I got home, and it was like the Benihana went right through me. Wow. Just a crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't think that was going to happen because I really had a good one on Thursday. I thought I was done for the weekend. I had you out of here five minutes ago. You should have really let me go back then. <laughs> She just cut me loose. All right. When that podcast is ready to go, Benny Hanna, you come back and fucking tell us all about it. I'll, when we turn these fucking mics off, I'll tell you the first. It doesn't have to be the first one. trying to get one. my wife to do a podcast, too, because she's a genius when it comes to health insurance. I know this is completely off topic. But I'm like, you got to do a pro. You got to do a, a health insurance yeah. podcast that's for professionals. She goes, I don't want to do that, though, because that's yeah. work. And I go, but that's what you're good at. Yeah. Then, you do can that. Ask, then you can ask her, how do you think your show went? And then when she yeah. fucking says it sucked, you can rip the right. shit out of Tell her. Tell her, stop like, being so fucking like, negative. Listen, uh, your mic technique was terrible. Yeah. Uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, you didn't fucking reset. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. You didn't here. do shit. You never right. gave the numbers out. Right. What are you doing? <laughs> All right, man. Temperature. All right. Get the fuck out of here. Right. You're the greatest. We'll be listening All right, Drew Ford, Roundhouse of Values. Oh, they're not even around anymore. Never mind. I know. They took it right. out. Yeah. Shit. All right, LaMesa. Chris Merrill on Twitter. Thanks, brother. Thank you. All right, we said goodbye to Chris. Uh, just want to mention a couple of things. Actually, I want to ask you about a great event you were at today. But first, I want to knock this out. I want to mention yeah. the people over at TaylorMade Pools. Alan Taylor, we tell you all the time, 20 years in San Diego, TaylorMade Pools. That's the place to call right there for the full remodel, construction, you, need, you name it, re pool resurfacing, installation. Why wait? You got to call Alan Taylor today. Look, TaylorMade Pools, it's the only way to go. 20 years in the business, you know he's doing a fantastic job. He'll show you the virtual tour, the 3D designs. Don't forget about the saltwater technology, everything that goes with it. Alan Taylor is one of our guys. He can be one of your guys, too. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Yeah, what, uh, what a couple of weeks it's been with the heat and just sticky humidity. And you think right now, man, anybody lucky enough to have a pool, and we've seen all of them on social media, uh, just a pool day in San Diego where they just go back and hang out and I know a lot of you feel like, yeah, I'd like to do that, but my pool looks like the pool from a 1978 shitty motel in Imperial Beach. <laughs> uh, our guy, Al, will get it fixed up for you, man. Tailor-made pools, we love those guys. And right now, look, I feel like, Dave, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to get into the science of it, but it sure feels like every summer 
stays hotter for longer. And if you thought about doing that pool, that's the guy to call. Tailor-made pools, they're going to get you all hooked up. Things are going to look beautiful. And all of a sudden, you're going to look forward to these hot days. You're not going to dread them. These three guys we're going to mention right here, man, there's a connection with all of them because you can make all three phone calls at once. Brian Curry, it all starts with him. Where are you going to live next? Do you like your home situation? Can you make it a little bit better? Are you downsizing now that maybe you have a kid that's leaving for college or just left for college? Brian Curry's your guy, selling real estate all over San Diego County for the last 20 years. Don't forget about all the awards he has won. 20 years in the business, experience in sales from Oceanside to Imperial Beach to Escondido, Chula Vista, all of East County as well. Don't forget about Brian Curry. I'm telling you, 619-251-1588. That's the number you're going to want to keep in your phone, 619-251-1588. Well, I was, uh, I wouldn't say excited. You're never excited about a divorce, but I felt like everything was finally coming to an end. It just has been going on. It felt like every Star Wars movie to me, where it's just been going on and on. You're just kind of ready to get to it. And that was supposed to happen on Wednesday. And I've said for the last couple of weeks, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, next step, get it going. And then we just found out there's a continuation. So nothing's going to happen on Wednesday other than the fact we have to go down. We still have to go. Is that right? And then we all have to go and determine what the next date is. Yeah, they're like, well, get all you four fucking dipshits in, <laughs> in the same room so schedules work. So my time with BC has been put on hold, but at some point I'll get the chance to do it. It's funny, Dave. I, I've talked to so many people of late about the family home and just remembering and where memories are made and everything else and different things that have happened for me, really nice things that have happened for me in the last couple of weeks where you go, yeah, this is going to be a part of my new place. And Really, it's funny, too. In the last couple of weeks, it had started as being a place that I thought, oh, maybe it'll be a five-year home or whatever. And now I'm kind of looking forward to like, shit, man, this may be it. Maybe yeah. I go find that place with Brian uh, that Brian helps me pick out where I go, look, man, this is probably where I want to be for as long as I'm lucky enough to, to be around. And that's kind of exciting to me. So we're a little delayed. Court system, like I said, everybody gets along great. We're still fine. Um but it just gets delayed, but it gives me kind of a chance to make sure everything, all our ducks in a row, and uh, and when we're ready to go, BC will be my man. Are you going to do like they do in all the, the MTV videos where you're going to have the Scarface poster and the stripper pole? <laughs> uh, well, it's hard for my sons because I had to tell them today that my plan has always been to get a two-bedroom, get a two-bedroom. But what I've said to them today was, look, you still have that second bedroom. But what I've realized is, um, you know, your mom and I will always be friends. We're just not together, which opens up the door for me to finally say yes to Judy Landers. Yes. And I'm not sure that they were ready for that. <laughs> but I really couldn't give less of a shit. Judy Landers is an American treasure. <laughs> yes. And so, um, no, I because I, I, I reek of class, I don't want to see Judy Landers on a stripper pole. Yeah. I just want to see her. And so, yeah, my sons are like, what? And I'm like, listen, go, go fucking live with your mom, okay? Go sit over there and eat your fucking cereal bars, okay? Dad's catching up on, on past time. We're going to talk about great episodes of Vegas. Yeah, love boat. God damn, right? I tell you what, nobody fooled me in front of that green screen more than Judy Landers. Nope. And she's going to be rewarded. And I've said this to Brian Curry. I said, listen, B.C., I need to be able to give Judy Landers the home that she deserves right now. 
because in a couple of years she's going to be turning fifty. Yeah, and when she gets that age, uh, she's going to be celebrated. And so, yeah, that's our mission. Yeah, you do make a class. Absolutely, that's, it was the right move. I appreciate that. It was the right move. It was the right move. Kids are overrated. Daniel Tyler, Superior Fence. He's the third guy you're going to call right here. Daniel yep. Tyler, of course, he's going to make it sure make sure you have the proper fence in your backyard. I'm telling you, you got to go with the iron gates in the front. Nothing like the gates on the side of the house. The front of the house started back in 2005. Daniel Tyler is your guy. Every job is an easy job. It's the easiest phone call you're going to make. Don't forget about the free estimates. We tell you specializes in the North County, but it'll handle all of, all of San Diego County. You name it, Daniel Tyler will make the job that easy. Make it uh, simple. All you have to do is give them a call a plus rating bbb fully licensed insured everything you want to hear here is that number 760-745-4846 760-745-4846 the website is san diego superior fence.com he's ready to go curry's ready to go uh alan taylor's ready to go and i know a bunch of you are ready to go as well as we start looking forward to the project for the little league field um now that i don't have to go to court on wednesday we can start to amp uh, amp that up a little bit, and I just I can't thank those guys enough um, for just their willingness to step up and be part of the community. And that's why I saw somebody the other day, and I don't know if you were joking, but I don't think you were. Uh, we always say SD Superior Fence on Twitter, and I get the biggest kick out of seeing what what Dan does for people when he improves their overall house. I mean, I've already said it. You know, it's probably where I'm going to be for the next 20, 25 years, God willing. And, uh, God, I can't think of anything more depressing than coming to your house where you live and maybe you're five years in or eight years in, and that fence in front is just fucked up. Yeah. And it's the little things that you never noticed when you were a renter that get magnified when you become an owner. And it's things like a beat-up pool or a jacked-up yard or a really, really fucked up fence. And that's why I'm glad we got our man, Dan Tyler, because if your fence is screwed up, now call SD Superior Fence, and they're going to take care of it. Tell them Dave and Jeff sent you. Perfect. Well, all right, I want to ask you about today, because mm-hmm. today I was I was coaching baseball. I was really disappointed I missed out, but it sounded like it was a fantastic day in Del Mar. Yeah, we had today the Surf and Turf. We're taping this Sunday night. Today was the Surf and Turf Barbecue Championship at Del Mar. Congratulations to Sean Walchef, Derek Marceau, uh, Craig Dato, and everybody that was involved with that project. Absolute blast. Now, uh, they had celebrity judges that were there. Uh, Jim Trotter was there. Uh, Dana Littlefield, who I'd never met, works at the Union Tribune. She was great. Craig was there. Craig Elston was there. Ben and Shelly Higgins. Shelly Higgins and Ben are so goddamn cool. Is it Shelly or Sheila? No, it's Shelly. Okay, hell, I didn't know. Well, go Shelly. ahead. I never met her. Yeah, really, really cool. They were great. Um Trotter. Did I mention Trotter? Yes, he did. Derek Togerson was there from NBC. How's he doing? Good. He's good. And uh, and then it was Tabitha Lipkin from Fox 5. She seems cool as hell. God damn. And Heather Myers from Channel 8, who was great. Yeah. Both of those two just absolutely cool as can be. I don't think I missed anybody. I think that's our whole group that we had. Oh, Scott Kaplan. Fuck am I doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kaplan would have fucking killed me. Hey, <laughs> asshole. I was there, too. I'm like you didn't talk to him. I talked to him yes, all day. That's what I'm saying. I was just going through. I was like, God damn, did I miss anybody? Um, so fun. Dave, I judged over 250 fights yeah. 
for USA Boxing. Nothing I did, including the silver gloves, was as regulated as what we did today. You had to sit in a certain area. You couldn't talk to anybody. We were judging tri-tip, and it was so fun, but just a blast. And then to walk around, see our buddy Derek Dawson from the Gulls who had teams. They were judged on presentation. So they have certified judges for the Kansas City Barbecue Championships. So they would come by, and they would show you the presentation. And if that was something that you thought looked attractive, like on your plate, you would judge it. And then it was taste and texture. And we were in for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. But we, Jim and I were part of a team that sat at a group with four other guys that are certified judges. Holy shit, do they take it serious. But absolute blast to be a part of. And to be back at Del Mar where I have so many memories and to see old friends that are still there at the track. Jim Trotter had never seen a live horse race. Dude, I saw him post that today. Yeah, never seen a live horse race. So we bet the first, and Jim's horse ran like shit. <laughs> and uh, and so he got to experience what it's like to see a live horse race, the disappointment of it all. But, uh, but just a, a great, great event. And so a uh, couple things. Kaplan's really excited about a new project that he has going called Sided. S-I-D-E-D. You've seen it. Uh, Dave and I are having lunch with Scott on Wednesday, and I think we're going to put something together. So Dave and I will be a part of that. Um, it's it's about building your brand, and I feel like Scott, I told him this today, I feel like he does it as well as anybody I know one-on-one, and uh, he's always been a big supporter of this show. He's always been a great friend of this show, no pun intended. And um, I said to him today, I said, you know, Scott, I didn't get it about the brand and building the brand until I was around Lisa Ann, and I saw it, and I saw how it works, and I saw how it can benefit me and Dave and Scott, and I love his team that he's got around yeah. him, Johnny Browner and Allie and, and all that group. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You and I are going to have lunch with, with Scott on Wednesday. At Pink's Hot Dogs in L.A. He says <laughs> if it's good enough for Dean, it's good enough for us. So we're in. Uh, but I, I think we're going to put something together, and we're going to join that sided team. Uh, that happened. Tonight, I had an hour-long conversation with Ed Simpson at Bare Knuckle Boxing. I think by the end of the week, I'm going to be part of that team at Bare Knuckle Boxing, which is you pretty You going to fight Sean Merriman? Shit, man. We had a blast talking about Merriman. I'll, I'll bring you that whole story when we have okay. more time. Um, I talked to our friend Erica Lee today. Everything's on track for the Dave and Jeff show to go global, which is incredible. And I know... I saw Rickards do something that I thought was really interesting, and I'm shocked neither one of us thought of it. Um, Rickards did a really funny thing online. He said, hey, I'm just curious, who is listening from the furthest away? And so if you're listening to the podcast, do us a favor, send us a message. He had somebody from Vietnam, and he had somebody from Afghanistan we do as too. well. We do too on this podcast. Yeah. We're able to track that, actually, which is, uh, which is obviously unusual. But, but if you're listening, do me a favor, whenever you hear this one, um, uh, at Dave Pelle, at Jeff Dotseth, uh, just send a message and just tell, I mean, if you're outside of California, right? Yeah. I don't need, hey, well, I'm in Poway. Well, we do get people. Actually, I'm sending out a Dave and Jeff t-shirt to Florida tomorrow. Okay, oh, like we, we have a We have a listener that said, hey, I'm willing to pay and donate back in. I'm willing to pay for it. Can you send it to me? We also have, I'm throwing this out there because... I blew it. Is we had a guy about a month ago who's in the military oh, yeah? 
who said that, hey, guys, I really want one of those Dave and Jeff shirts. How much? And I said, dude, it's, on, got you it's, covered. it's on us. Yeah. Here's the deal. I lost your information. So if you can. He's one of our regular guys, too. Okay. I fucked up. No, part, I did, too. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. Don't be so defensive. <laughs> Jesus. I'm with you 100%. Okay. So here's the deal. If you're that guy, either contact me through email, DavePalet at Yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. I think you contacted me through Twitter before. Yeah, both of us. Okay. And if it's yeah. not that, Facebook, whatever, do, just contact me. I will get that out to you as soon as possible, but I apologize for messing that up. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you. Okay. What, here's the thing that has happened. And it's, it's really, really fun. There is so much interaction between you as an audience and friends and me and Dave that we have so many mentions that come in every day that if I do not immediately write down your name, and I think this is what yep. happened, Dave, that I lose you. That Twitter will only allow you to keep like 200 of your last, and for us, yep. that goes in a day and a half. Yeah. And so with everything that was going on, we both forgot to write down your name and said, "Well, shit! Now I can't scroll back to that conversation." So, no, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm guilty of that. But I want to uh, take care of it as soon as possible. Yeah, we want to get that taken care of. Um, good news is we've got all the money in from the charity, so um, really excited. We're going to see everybody. I'm going to see everybody over the next ten days or so. Oh, which reminds me, uh, Che Hernandez, who is the local chairman of the AFSP. Uh, a lot of you met him at the event. AFSP has a walk coming up for suicide prevention, and I believe the date, I'll have it confirmed when we're joining you again tomorrow night. I believe it's October 27th, the 28th, somewhere on that weekend. When Che walked in the door, I gave him a check for fifteen or for 500. Yeah. Just that was the first initial thing. Che got 500 and Yellow Ribbon got 500. Every other sponsor got 1000 bucks when they walked in the door that night, and now they'll all get uh, more money over the next couple of days. Just that small $500, which we're adding at least another 1000 to uh, over the next couple of days, um, got us in, Dave, as a bronze medal sponsor wow. for the AFSP walk. Okay. Um, I've got more money for him. So the Dave and Jeff show will be listed on the AFSP event shirt. That means Fantastic. a lot to us. That means a lot to us, um, as you know, and we've gone through it. We are going to put a team together that's going to be in this walk. We're going to be part of this walk. We're going to walk in memory of Lou. We're going to walk in memory of August Ames and anybody else that has been affected by suicide. Um, I'm I'm sure there's other names that that we know locally that I'm just yeah. not thinking of. My dad's cat would be proud. Yes. Yes. That yeah that little goddamn I've never seen a little cat faster pause than Ernie the cat. <laughs> but uh, but we're gonna be part of it. And so um, Che reached out to me the other day and said, "Hey man, uh, do you guys want to do this? Do you want to do a team?" And I said, "Yes." So here's. A lot of you want to be part of the Dave and Jeff team. We would love to have you. I'm just telling you tonight, I don't know all the details, but we are walking as a group. I am organized. We're just going to organize a group and we are going to go and we would love you to be on our team and just come and be a part of it. And, uh, and I just was like, I'm so stoked you're on the yeah. shirt. Like I totally was like, That's holy cool. shit, we're going on. Yes. Um, for everything that we've been through this year, um, 
It means a lot, and Che's friendship has been fantastic. So if you would like to be part of the AFSP walk, um, I will tweet it out on Monday. We'll talk more about it on Monday night. But I am absolutely 100% committed to it. Um, my sons are committed to it. Dave, in, in memory of your father, will cool. be there, will be a part of it, um, and we'll pay tribute to Lou. And for everybody that's reached out and said, hey, are you putting a team together? Yes, I just need to get with Che and figure out how that works and what we have to do. But we will have a Dave and Jeff show team, and I think as many of you as want to be a part of it, we'd love to have you. Fantastic. That's perfect. All right, so tomorrow we're going to come back to another show? Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about um, my night at the Padre game on yeah. Friday was really a lot of fun, man. Okay. Really a lot of fun. We'll talk about that, and then uh, I'll give you an update on bare knuckle boxing, uh, whether or not we're doing that. And I'm just, um, yeah, whatever the fuck else is going okay. on. Uh, just before we wrap up, what'd you take away from Merrill tonight? You know, it's funny because we know him really well as a friend. We've had conversations like this before. We had one just a month ago. And going into this interview, as he said, we don't keep notes. We don't mm -hmm. keep an outline. And if we did, I think he'd kill us for it because we wouldn't be able to stay on it anyway. But I had an idea in my head that we're going to go boom, 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 boom. Almost like a teaching of a class, of like a yeah. learning annex of how to Master do a show. Class. Well, it kind of jumped around a little bit. And, but he, he shared stuff with us that he hasn't shared before. Mm -hmm. I, I always find it fascinating how anybody jumps into this business. because People ask us all the time, how do I do it? How do I get in? And it's it's different for us than, than it will be for you because now it's kind of it's a luck of the draw because there yeah. are no internships anymore. So uh, I found it fascinating. I thought the the phone call he talked about his mom on nine yeah. eleven. You know the Sandy Hook deal, the Shit, situation he he was in in Arizona, which I find fascinating. That I never thought a state would turn on their favorite son, which I thought was John McCain. Yeah. Kind of blew me away. What what's going on? But he he, he entertainment wise, I thought was great. He's, he's one of my favorite people. He's crazy smart. Uh, mm -hmm. Smart to me is is rare to find because I think we get bored by a lot of people. I don't mm -hmm. get bored by a guy like Chris. I think the guy is way ahead of his time in his new project that he's going to share with you in the, in the next few months or few weeks, whatever he thinks it will be, will be something that you're going to go, wow. Not only did I never think of it, I couldn't do it. That Sandy Hook thing where you look at that, you go, six years ago, it stops you when you hear it. Yeah. Well, and that's it, what drives me nuts when people say it never happened. When you have people out there that claim it never happened is, is the biggest guys. insult of all time. Yeah, fuck those guys. I, I really do. Fuck that. If you think Alex Jones is talented, you're a fucking dumb shit. Yeah. You're, you really are a fucking dumb shit. If you think a guy like Alex Jones is talented and is telling the truth, honest to God, man, look around and go, why the fuck am I such a jerk off? Because here, here's what you don't understand. If, if you're watching what a guy like Jones does and you're supporting that, we're all laughing at you. We're not laughing with you. There are a lot of jokes that happen on this show, directed at Dave, directed at me, directed joking around Leisure Fryer or whoever. And that's a family having fun as we're around the dinner table and we all look out for each other because ultimately, um, I'll, I'll use Leisure. Dave and I would do anything for that fucking guy because we love him. I love him because he's funny and he gets the show and we all fuck with him. But when you meet him, you go, this is just a fucking good dude. Yeah. Right? So with Leisure, if we're fucking around with Leisure or Padre Fan or Drunk Flannery, any of those guys, dude, we're all laughing together. We're all looking out for you. I'd fucking do anything I could for that guy if he needed it. I love that guy. But people that support that kind of broadcasting and support that kind of show, support that kind of hate, 
there's something, honestly, and I tell you as a guy who fights depression and is on medication and has gone dark and has gone to a level of darkness that I don't like, dude, if there's something wrong with me, I am very qualified to say there's really, really something wrong with you. That if you believe that the kid in Florida is a fucking actor, if you believe that kid, David Hogue, who watched his classmates get shot down, he is a kid and you believe bad shit should happen to him or you encourage the online bullying when you're a fucking pussy and you hide behind an alias, you're the problem. Yeah. And Alex Jones is the problem. And the idea that Twitter is such a bunch of fucking pussies that they don't shut that guy down because they hide behind some bylaw they have. What a bunch of fucking pussies, man. We've lost the ability to self-regulate. We've lost the ability to say, hey, fuck you. You're not going to say that about the Sandy Hook families because we're either going to fucking beat the living shit out of you or we're going to put you in jail or we're going to take away your ability. It's a privilege to have a microphone. And fuck you, Alex Jones. You're a big fucking clown. And instead, there are people that will go and listen to this dumb fuck and act like he's sincere. And I hope you're not one of them because I have kids in elementary school. And I swear to God, if anybody, God forbid, in that school or any other school went through what those families went through, my kids were in kindergarten at Sandy Hook. If anybody fucking said that, I would be locked up in Donovan next to Sirhan yep. Sirhan because I'd fucking kill you. And I honestly would fucking kill you if you accused any family of being an actor. My God, at what point did you come off the tracks where you were living a normal life and now you're like, yeah, you know what? That family's a fucking actor and David Hogue's a dipshit. No, you're the fucking dipshit. Yep. You're the loser. Get your fucking shit together. And David, just it makes me crazy as a parent because I'm, I'm nervous as you are every day for the world that our kids are living in, that Maggie's kids are living in, Larry Thomas's kids, Alan Cison, Ryan Barkley, and all the rest of you. Leisure, my boy Leisure, who adores his grandkids. I love it. Man, I'm worried about it. And the and the reason is because we've all said, hey, I'm not going to do anything about it. Let this guy over here or let that lady over there worry about it. Bullshit, man. We got to get these fucking people rounded up and get them the fuck out of here. And all of a sudden, we'll go back to saying, yeah, it's kind of nice to see your neighbor again. But goddamn. Yeah, a guy like that, he's fucking scary, but his listeners are scarier. Absolutely. All right. So we have a lot to say tomorrow. We've gone two hours and nine minutes tonight. We will uh, come back tomorrow with a lot more to say. We're going to go 14 minutes tomorrow. <laughs> we'll go 14 minutes to balance, balance the week out. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow.